I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the first Play on preview of 2020, which sounds really weird saying instead of 2020. Yeah. But also, it's another year and the country's on fire. So that's fun for us all. Um, But we're here to preview AFLW season four. And today I have Tom Reed, aka Handsome Tom, with me. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. I love being introduced, sounding like a wanker. That's so good. Look, it's not a nickname I gave myself. It's not a nickname I fought either, though. No. No, especially not now. No. No. Um, You got told by your aunties that you look good? I I got a double. I got two separate aunties at Christmas told me that I looked well, and one said, you've lost a bit of weight. And I was like, you know what? You're back back on. (laughs) Whatever you're off, the list of relatives that I like. So you re-like your aunties? I've always liked my aunties, just in case they're listening. They're not. (laughs) But not like all my aunts. Your dad might. Uh, he might actually, and he'll tell them. So, like my auntie's dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> for those of us who yeah, don't that's know a you. weird introduction, <laughs> eh? Can you tell listeners who you are and what you do? If yeah. They don't know? Um, so my name's Tom, and I'm from uh, How Good's Footy, a football podcast that I am a co-host on with my mates Dusha and Sean. Um, it is a podcast that asks a very important question every week, which is how good's footy. Um, it's produced by Sans Pants Radio, um, a podcast network based in Melbourne, and I do a bunch of other shows with them, including a, I'm a special guest at the moment on a D&D show. Um, we do a bunch of movie shows about horror movies and stuff, and how good's footy is also on your network. Yay! Yeah, you can listen to it on Wednesdays. At 4pm. 4pm Melbourne time. Correct. And 5am... On Thursday mornings, if you're if you're in yeah. different places, if you hate this and you just want to support me, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, that's what I do. I talk nonsense about movies and stuff and footy. Yeah, and you're yeah. a Geelong supporter. I'm a Geelong supporter of both teams, uh, and I'm from Geelong. And 2020 is it's double numbers, so it's double <laughs> premierships in one year. Let's go no, doing the double. It's not going to happen. It's in my it's in my preview. So unfortunate. For Aren't you glad you asked me to come on? <laughs> Starting to question that. Yeah, now. look, if you were looking for someone who is knowledgeable, I am sort of, but most of it is enthusiasm. That's why I wanted you here. Ninety eight percent is enthusiasm. Yeah, two percent is fact. <laughs> How good Twitty gets regular emails being like. Tom, was, I have friends who listen to the podcast who will send me a message and be like, mate, you just are wrong. I and do that. my own team. You do that. Yeah, all the time. All the time. I get stats wrong that you've told me during the week. <laughs> We're like, oh, I've got this gem was talking about this stat. And then I get a message from you after the episode airs being like, that wasn't the stat. That wasn't even remotely close to the stat. You got the teams wrong and what the stat was for. Yeah. So, yeah. so if the stats that he says are wrong that he attributes to me, it's uh, not my fault. It's his. Yeah, yeah. sure. Easy. Done. So what are we doing today? 
Um, oh my god! No, we're talking about we're talking about AFLW season four. Yes, getting so, ourselves pumped up for footy because it's footy. it's almost here. It's it so, so close. close. <laughs> oh, a month so ready. A month today that we're recording, so a bit less than a month when um, when everyone hears this. Man, I'm I'm ready. I've look. I've been ready since. I've just been ready for footy to come back into my life since probably like the rounds 23 of the men's comp. I was like, oh, it's almost finals. Oh, man, it means there's no more footy for a long period of time. Uh, and uh, then we did both drafts and I'm ready. I'm excited. Bring it on. Let's go. Hurry well, up. Well, I mean, the Swans missed finals for the first time in 10 years. So it's been a, an exceptionally long wait for me. I mean, I was still missing it and my team was still playing. They sucked though. Um, <laughs> they just did. The, sec- the second two finals were better. We got beaten by the eventual Premier at their home ground without our Guy because he's a fucking idiot. He's an idiot. I love him, but he's tested my patience. He's um, a fool. And we did really well against West Coast, I thought, considering no one was betting on us to... Like, it was like, oh, they're going to get annihilated. The and, funny, uh, the funny thing about that was that the week before, everyone was like, oh, Essendon could do this. It's like, why do you think Essendon could do this? And then the week after when Geelong are they're like, there's no way Geelong are going to win. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah. It's cause, and we'd sucked against Collingwood and still nearly won that game, which is stupid. It was Ah, oh, football. Anyway, Come we're going to talk, talk about women. We can, footy now. we can, we absolutely can, because I'm ready. I'm ready <laughs> to have a Milo at the footy in the summer. Bring it on. A Milo at the footy. Oh, it was the, that was the best thing about. See, I'm excited. This is Milo my ice year. cream, not Milo. Oh yeah, Milo ice cream. Okay, I was going to say. I mean, you could probably have a Milo at the footy too. That's weird. I could bring it in a little thermos. That's weird. A reusable water bottle. Keep it cold. The milk, and then add the Milo in. Mix it. Shake it. You know what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. People will be like, oh, that guy's having protein. That's <laughs> Milo. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, but I'm really excited because this is my second year having a team in. Yeah. It's year four, but it's really, it's year two for me to be, like, I was, I was invested watching it, but it's a different kind of investment once you get a team. Yeah. It, like, adds that extra layer of, oh, I, I, like, I, I enjoy it, but I was never like, oh, I don't, I don't really care who wins or loses. I just enjoy watching the footy. Whereas now I'm like, nah, I want to win. I'm in. <laughs> so having another year with another level of investment and, Getting people at GMHBS Stadium for footy is great. It's such a good... Geelong have done an incredibly good job uh, incorporating the women's team into their everything. Yeah. I think they've done some of the best work out of everyone. We were doing triple headers like when we got a VFL side. So you'd come to a game in Geelong and they'd be like, right, just so you know, women's game starts at this time, men's VFL starts at this time. And then the main men's get the men's AFL game will start at this time. So you come down for the whole day. Yeah. Don't leave. Yeah. And because you know, usually most people because it's mostly members down there. They've already got access to the ground. Mm. It's oh, it's good. It's a it's it's a suburban ground that is posh. That's true. That's accurate. I never thought I would describe Geelong as posh, but there you go. It's the one place. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we're going to start off with is a very quick rundown of AFLW for anyone who doesn't understand how this season is going to work because it's going to be a little bit different to last year um, or just don't know much about AFLW. So there are 14 teams in the competition in 2020 and it's split into two conferences of seven, which 
We don't like conferences, but Woo! it's what we've got to deal with. So yeah. Conference A includes the Adelaide Crows, the Brisbane Lions, Geelong Cats, Gold Coast Suns, GWS Giants, North Melbourne, Tasmanian Kangaroos, and the Richmond Tigers. Conference B includes the Carlton Blues, Collingwood Magpies, Fremantle Dockers, Melbourne Demons and Kilda Saints, West Coast Eagles, and the Western Bulldogs. So those are the two conferences. There are four new teams that are entering the competition this year, and they are the Gold Coast Suns, Richmond Tigers, St Kilda Saints, and the West Coast Eagles. And you may only know of the existence of Richmond based on the coverage that has happened, but yes, there are four new teams. All of them have done uh, joint training sessions with their men's team and their men's coaching panel as well. So, in case anyone didn't know... Like, you know, they're they're Richmond. Each team plays... (laughs) Every opponent within their conference once, and then they play two cross-conference matches, meaning there are five teams that each team doesn't play. The cross-conference matches, I remember last season it was to do with ladder position from the previous season. The cross-conference matches were based on rivalries. Uh, This time around, is that what they're based on? That's what it was last year as well. Okay. Um, So the cross-conference... Why did Geelong not play Melbourne at least once? Because We we don't don't play them again, do we? They don't see it as a rivalry. And so we could weird. we could get into fixturing because we could say about how Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs should have the season opener every year because they were the pioneer exhibition teams. Yeah. But, I mean, you know. Richmond get whatever they want and we, everyone has to deal with it. From a look, I don't like it. From a competition, fairness kind of legacy thing, from a marketing thing, you have two of the biggest membership bases. But wouldn't you say that you're going to get that anyway, even if it's not the opening re- opening game? So why wouldn't you do them separately, get heaps at the opening game, and then get heaps at the other game as well? Because people are going to rock up just because it's Richmond, not just because it's the opening round. Yeah, I mean, the I get that. But it's game. the same with the AFL. Like, the reason Richmond and Carlton open the AFL is because they are the two... They literally have the two biggest... Membership bases, but at this year. point, it's tradition, right? Yeah, so it's it's not it's marketing that is now tradition. It's not it's marketing. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, yeah, Gil's it, getting paid a lot of money. Peggy's just slipped <laughs> Gil a fitty on the table. I think it's more than that. Yeah, fitty, um, fitty grand. <laughs> that being said, Richmond, as much as I dislike some of the things that happen around that club in terms of fans and the way they get some concessions. I think Richmond as a club have done a very, very good job with their women's team integrating it and being really conscious of the way they market the club as a whole instead of the team separately. And their membership packs are definitely the best I've seen. I'm actually disappointed in my Melbourne pack having seen what Richmond have done. So full credit to Richmond for doing that. I just think the opening game should be the exhibition teams. Anyway. um, So... There are five teams that each team misses out on playing. Each week, clubs will announce a team of 21 players. So this is comprised of the 16 on the field and then five on the bench. Yep. Um, for a win, each team will receive four premiership points. You get zero for a loss and two for a draw. The top three teams... For some reason, I thought about Even though I've, I've done it, some reason, I thought you to tell me that it's a different point system. It's like if you win, you get 16 points, and a draw gets you seven, and a loss gives you two. But if you score over 100 points, you get 28 points. That's what the AFL wants anyway, isn't it? Um, for the men's. Um, the top three teams of each conference ladder qualify for the finals. Um, the top team in each, in each conference will earn a week off, while A2 plays B3 and B2 
play A3. So they swap over, basically. They swap over. So the second and third ranked teams in each conference will swap over, play one another, while the top ranked teams... Get a week off. Get to watch. Yeah. And be like, oh, I'll go after that player next week because they've just been bumped really hard in this game. Yeah, I mean, sure. It's a strategy. Um, the winners of these games proceed to play those top-ranked teams in the following week with the winners proceeding on to the grand final. Um, the season kicks off on the 7th of February and the grand final will be held on the 18th of April. Hang on, I thought that... No, I'm not going to... You know what? You know what? I'm not getting into that. Let's, let's make this a... We've already been like, conferences suck, boo, and had a go at Gill. <laughs> Which is, hey, if you love having guys, that's your favourite thing to do. Listen, how good's footy? Um, yeah. But let's and look, you're probably intending to do this anyway because you love footy. But let's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna make a conscious effort to not just be like fucking AFL being shit at women's footy because you know I could. That's not fun. So I'm gonna be positive. 2020. It's my New Year's resolution that I've just decided today. Be positive about women's about footy. About a week in. Well, I just be positive. Well, because I am positive, but not focus on the negative aspects like the conferences being shit and the finals being annoying and the fact that they complain about needing clear air but still like five rounds. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's good. It's so good. Oh. I'm ready though. I fucking I'm so ready. Bring it. Let's go. What if we start talking about teams now? We can. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of what people need to know about the game? Is there anything I've missed? Um, prob- look, let's be honest. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Considering <laughs> for a second there, I was like, is there a different point scoring system? In the- <laughs> no, Tom. There are a couple of different rules. So, like, the out of last touch out of bounds yep. rule exists between the arcs. Which I will say, I still don't fucking understand that rule. Because I've seen that, like, I, I watched, was watching games last year. And I was like, isn't that last touch? No? Okay. Last possession going yeah. out. So if you kick the ball, no one touches it and goes out, then and, but if it's the op- like opposition con- gets a free kick. In congestion and it kind of gets tapped over the line. or Then that's over. not, because it's not a possession that takes it okay. over the line. It's not a disposal, sorry. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, and it's only between the arcs, which is very good, which is much yes. better than season one. Yes. Yes. So let's proceed. We're going to do this alphabetically. So if you're only wanting to listen to your team, kind of judge it a little bit based on the alphabet, but I think you should yeah. just listen to the whole thing. When we get to the Gs, just, and you don't want to hear about Geelong, lock out 40 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> 35. <laughs> and a half. So we're starting with the Adelaide Crows. That's, well, that makes sense. So you've asked me here to guess my, my, what I'm excited, what I'm thinking, who so I'm liking. We're going to go through, we've got uh, three points for each team that we're going to go through. Yep. Player to watch, yep. the expected finish, where, where we think they'll likely finish, and general feelings on their season coming up. The vibe. The vibe. We vibe in this team. <laughs> See, 2020, I've got all the language. <laughs> so who is your player to watch for the Adelaide Crows? So now I have a question about the Adelaide Crows. Yes. That you can answer. Yes. So Randall's out. Yes. And Phillips is question mark, asterisk. Um, she was on track to start quite early in the season, yep. but has had to have, I think, a meniscus tear fixed. So she's uh, had a little bit of a setback, but she will uh, save, save anything happening. She will play. It just won't necessarily be the first couple of weeks. Great. Because look, that, that then solidifies my player to watch. Okay. Uh, which is in the absence of Phillips, uh, for m- large portion of the season, considering it is a shorter season. Yep. Um, Ebony Marinoff. Yep. Uh, she's a gun. I 
previously held the record for the most tackles she in still, a game of football. Didn't she holds the record for in a in a Single in a game, game took it just not in a season. season. Yeah, right. Okay, I was trying to remember the full stats. So she, she's like, it's like twenty-one or something. Twenty-one, like that. It was in a draw against the Giants. Fuck, see, that's bonkers. Um, what's amazing about her is that she has laid ninety-eight more tackles than any other player in the competition. Ninety-eight. <laughs> Far out. She's laid two hundred and thirty-three tackles. And what? She's only got a season on Bowers because Bowers was out. Two, she's got two, two seasons, seasons on Bowers. Bowers averages more a game because she's only played the one season. So yeah. Bowers averages 11 point something, whereas Marinoff averages 9.05 or something. Well, my, my point is, without, a, <laughs> without Phillips, Marinoff's going to be averaging more tackles because I think she's going to get more responsibility, I yeah. think. Um, and the reason it would be interesting to watch her is, I guess, in previous seasons, she's had that role where... Phillips has kind of been taking a tag or taking another defender or another player, so that player might be playing on her a bit more. She might get a bit more attention from the opposition. Yeah. Uh, but I reckon she's going to go another gear, and that'll be really cool to watch. The other thing about that I think that's relevant is how much Anne Hatchett improved going from 2018 to 2019. Yeah. Now in the midfield, there's someone else that def- um, opponents have to consider, not just Marinoff in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So now Marinoff maybe gets off the chain a little bit more because people are conscious of Hatchard, whereas last year people didn't expect that from Hatchard, so that wasn't necessarily their priority over And they Marinoff. also had Phillips to worry about when she wasn't playing at half forward. Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, mine is an interesting one. Mine is Eloise Jones. Okay. I'm such a fan of her. She's number two. She was amazing in the grand final last year, and that's kind of where a lot of people recognised her, but she has played for two seasons. I think she just really started to show what she could do throughout the 2019 season. I think she's going to have that kind of improvement that Hatchard had between 18 and 19. It's going to be Eloise Jones this time. So in 2018, she kicked three goals and then last year she kicked nine for the season. I think that will only grow as well. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, she'll be dangerous, particularly if Chloe Shear doesn't get back for many games. They'll That's need the other that. One too, is that the other, the other ACL from the and Hannah final. Martin. Well, Hannah Martin didn't do it in the grand no, final, correct. but, um, but um, yeah. Yeah, she is. If she can get back, they're a weapon. But I guess if she doesn't get back similar to the Marinoff thing, a bit of that responsibility falls to Jones. Totally. And But even without even without she getting back with no Phillips to play that half-forward role, Jones can kind of play that role as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, where do you think they'll finish? Oh, they'll finish top of their conference or second on their conference. I've, they're, they're, they are such a powerhouse because unlike a lot of... Unlike every other team... They don't have um, the risk of having their players poached. I think they've lost the Northern Territory connection because of the Gold Coast Suns coming in. Yep. But it's irrelevant because they've still they've built such a winning culture, such a strong team culture. They're the only team in South Australia, and South Australia produces good footballers because they have a great state league. They're going to be a powerhouse until someone starts pinching players from Well, until Port Adelaide get a team and have access to those players as well. But I think they're just too good, and I think they'll be right up there again, actually going back to back. Yeah, I've got them one or two in Conference A as well. Um, I think the interesting thing, so if anyone doesn't know, I'm a big numbers nerd. So the, the interesting thing for Adelaide was going into 2018 as the reigning premiers, they had Phillips injured for a couple of games and their scoring dropped right off, whereas they kind of recognised that as an issue in the, the next off-season 
and recruited a bunch of people or reinvented a bunch of players to become goal scorers. So their goal kicking spread was much more broad than it was previously because previously they were averaging about three goal kickers a game, whereas in 2017 they it went up over six. So I think that is a big indicator going into next season, 2020, being that it's not like going into 2018 where the reliance was Phillips, she's injured, their season's over. Yeah. I think now they're much more equipped to handle that. And even with Randall out, they, they're much more equipped to handle those losses because they can rely on more players. So just for an example, Ponta averages 1.63 goals a game. Phillips is 1.29. And then Shear and Wallace are both one. So Ruth Wallace, who they didn't have last year. Yep. And then Jones is at 0.71. So there's players... Goal-kicking midfielders too, which helps. Exactly. So players coming through. Steve Lee Thompson, that was a defender, now forward. They're so potent up forward. And this is completely ignoring any draftees they've got. So I think going into it, they're much more dangerous, even without Phillips and without Randall, than what a lot of people are expecting, maybe. Yeah, I, I think... And, like, Randall's a big... Loss and we're probably now into the what's the vibe? General feelings, yes. Vibe them. I think they're going to do well because it's the it's the the Richmond last year. Uh, Rance goes down round one. Oh, they can't win without Rance. It's like right, you lose the the star player, or, but and Phillips is the star, but Randall's the key cog in that mm. team. They lose her. It's like oh, they're not going to win. It's, well, no, they they are because they've got they've got the coverage. They've recruited well. They've got a system. They've been around for four years. Like mm-hmm. they've got a system and players who've been in and at Adelaide. Because again, they're just not losing players to other expansion clubs. They're they're going to get, they're going to be good. They're going to be they're going to be, be really scary. really good. They're very scary. I've seen them dismantle my team twice. No, only once. The first time eight goals in the first one too. The first time I wouldn't say it was dismantling. Well, the second half they killed us. Like it was close-ish, and then and then you fell away. I think we were in front at quarter time. You were, and then. Like they just um, switch, flick the switch. It's terrible, it's, and that's the thing. It's it's really scary. Yeah. Um. The only what the only game they lost last year was that one game against the Bulldogs by a point, where they kicked one eleven, which is their lowest scoring and least accurate performance in their history. Yeah, they're they're just they're just too versatile and too dangerous and too good. And if I mean if she gets back, there's another thing to worry about. Mm. If Phillips gets back, even if it's for just like two games at the back end of the season, if they can bank wins mm. without some of these guys, have her come in for finals in and then have them come in for finals. Yeah, no worries. Let's go. <laughs> Clark Keating that shit. Clark Keating. <laughs> Brisbane created a dynasty by just having a dude turn up once. Do that with Phillips. Just yeah. get a you know. She's what thirty four. Yeah. Just phase her out that way. Only plays finals. That's uh, coaches on the side. Only plays finals. Yeah. Bang. Done. Should play for another ten years though. Oh. Not 30. She's the oldest player in the AFL. She's coming after Brent Harvey's games record. <laughs> With seven games a year. Yeah. Well, she's played 23, so. And she's playing until she's Oh, 60. 22, sorry. She's playing another 30 years. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. I, I don't know what math is, but seven times 30 seems like a big number. 210? Oh, not close. <laughs> no. And I, but, uh, she's only playing, she's only playing finals. She's playing three games a year. <laughs> That's I'd right. Probably, probably less because they'll finish on top. So <laughs> she'll get a week off. Two, two games a year. That'll be the best two games. She'll still win an award somehow. She'll have the most premierships for any player in the history. She will. Yeah. It's, it's cooked. Um, I think the other thing about 
the Crows here is that I think they're in kind of a lucky conference, and this is a. Cons- oh, it's the easier conference. This is a conspiracy Wait, theory from me. The conference. Let me have a look. I think we have. I think you and I actually have different views on what's the easier conference. I think Conference A, while the Crows and North Melbourne are going to be really tough competitors, there isn't much... Oh, you know, that's... Yeah, no, Conference A is a lot easier. So I think the third place in that, and this is what my conspiracy theory is, that the third place there is going to be kind of similar to Geelong last year. guess is in Conference A. No, guess who in Conference A? (laughs) Geelong. Um, So I'll be rooting very hard for the Suns. Um... I love the Suns. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the, the third spot in that conference is going to be a little bit like Geelong last year where they probably weren't ready for finals, but the conference system gave them that chance. Whereas in Conference B, I think it's much tighter. And yeah, those we'll, three spots could we'll go to any... This time. Bring it on. Will you? Yeah. Beck is going to be amazing. We're going to be... Watch. We'll get to G. We're getting, we're we will. Getting early. I'm no, just going to spring a little Geelong in throughout the whole thing. That's what I'm here for. I haven't mentioned Melbourne yet. So. Yeah, no, I know. You're doing really well. It's surprising for yeah, me, isn't yeah. it? Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Adelaide? Um, I don't think so. I'm just checking my... Your notes are so much better than mine. Mine are just like, oh, yep, oh, good, done. I'm a massive nerd, though, remember? It's true. It's yep. true. Um, cool. All right, let's move on to the Brisbane Lions. Yes. Who is your play to watch? Ola uh, O'Dwyer. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, big fan. Um, just... Brisbane put out... So when she came to the club... This is the Irish recruit. Yep. Cross-code recruit. Um, when she came to the club, um, they did like a highlights package of some of the things she does in International Rules. And I'm like, that's fucking exciting shit. Um, and I'm look, I've decided... I'm a big fan of Irish players because Geelong had three. <laughs> so... Do you? Tui, uh, Stephen O'Kenboran. Oh, this is the men's team, sorry. I was like, in the women's we have team, no you don't have team. any. No, no Irish players on the men's team. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do a hard pitch and get get them over there. Send send the men's team out to be like, hey, come play for Geelong. We've got three other people. Anyway, big. She just looks <laughs> quick and exciting, and just has that. She is going to absolutely make mistakes and like not like get it right the first time. But just looking at you, like the raw ability here yeah. is so exciting, and she might be exactly the jumpstart that Brisbane need after they have been absolutely raided for two straight seasons. They have eight players remaining from their inaugural list. Yeah, it's insane. It is, I mean... For two I, years they've been shut on. I host another show with a Brisbane supporter. I hear it a lot. He's not... Oh, Sean. He's so angry. But Adwaya is the one to watch. Um, I've chosen Lily Postlethwaite. Um, I think it's... Because uh, of the great name. Well, it's a great name. I think... I feel... Uh, What's the word I'm thinking of? I feel like I've cheated by choosing their first round draft pick, but the reason, a reason she's a first round draft pick. She is an absolute gun. She's tiny, but the intent that she attacks the contest with, I think, is a cultural thing that Brisbane really need. Having lost players like Kasla and uh, Virgo and kind of. So many fucking players. Yeah, senior, hard at the contest, players like that. I think in terms of cultural influence and and leadership by doing on the field, she's going to be really important. But also her skills are unbelievable. So the combination of skill and intent could be a real kind of cultural shift for Brisbane after the decimation they've experienced the past two years. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see what she can do. Um, but also, let's remember that Sophie Conway is back after 
being out with an ACL last year, and she's going to be massive as well. So don't forget about her. Well, that's it. I, I, I we'll get to the vibe because we'll, <laughs> we'll get, get to, to the vibe. vibe. Where we'll do you think the they'll finish? You're expecting to finish. Uh, I'll see. This might ties into my my vibe. Yeah, tell me. Um, so I think so. Brisbane are in the easier conference. They are. I think they will miss finals, but only just. I think this is again related to my vibe. I think they are going to surprise a few people. I think everyone's going. Oh, they've been rated for two years. They're just going to really struggle. But again, they've got an easier conference. I think they will surprise a few teams early mm. and maybe pinch a few victories here and there, which means I reckon they'll be in the sniff for that elusive third, third spot. spot. So they could absolutely make finals. And then once they're in finals, well, fucking, then who knows? Look like, at what Carlton did. Look at what Carlton did last year. Like, they could just get a, a team on a that from the other conference that's a bit harder, that's a bit banged up maybe, and they could surprise everybody. My gut feel is that they'll just miss. Mm. So they might finish, like, what, what's that, fourth, fourth in yeah. conference A? But, I mean... Yeah, who knows? There's, there's still, there's still talent there. There's also the ones that have stayed, have that kind of, we believe we're mm. you know rallying together. Like, still got like like Zilky's still there. She's um, the captain she's again. The captain again. Wushner's there, who's like the heart and soul of that club. Yeah, she could have gone to Tassie or WA, and she chose to stay in Brisbane. No, I know twice. Yeah, they've she's been almost poached multiple times. Yeah, um, I, I just think, you know, come on. Yeah. And and from you sort of look at it, the way that they run their club, just seems like they've got a good culture just mm. across the board in both uh, Neefal and the women's the the women's comp at the next tier down, and then the the men's comps and the women's comps at the high, next level up. Just seems like a good system and a good environment that I think you know they're going to be Brisbane Brisbane across every single league this year is going to be surprising. But I think in the women's league they're going to surprise a few people. Yeah. I've still got them at five to six only because I'm concerned about their scoring. I just don't know where their scoring is going to come from. And they I'm had going to kick ten goals again. <laughs> they had the lowest scoring of any team last year. They really struggled. They've completely dropped off um, from what they were doing previously. And having lost, they've lost 129 games worth of experience just this offseason. That's not including the year before. Fuck. And when you consider Kate McCarthy, Nat Exxon, Leah Kasler, Sam Virgo, and Sabrina Frederick as five of those names, it's pretty significant. Yeah. So I'm not going to put too high expectations. I think they could do a couple of those surprise wins, but I don't think it's going to be enough. Well, no, no, me neither, but I think it'll be enough for the conference that they're in to be... Potentially, yeah. Um, I do think Orla O'Dwyer and Greta Bodie are going to be really exciting prospects. And just the athleticism that they'll be able to show will keep people watching, even if they're not necessarily winning games. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Brisbane supporters are loyal people. Yeah, they survived the men's stuff, so they uh, could definitely survive this. this. They've also, you know, copped two grand final losses and they're still turning up. So... By six points in each. Oh, man. Um, shall we move to Carlton? Let's. Let's move to Carlton. Who is your player to watch? So, like, the obvious one is, is Lucy again, McAvoy. Is Lucy McAvoy. However. I love her. I figured, look, that's the obvious one because, of course. I did the same thing. So, okay, we both agree. Lucy McAvoy, absolutely, because she's a jet. And yep. just look at them go. But Vessio is who I'm yep. going with play to watch this season. Not because she's doing anything different or anything new, but... By her own standard, she had a bit of a lean year last year. Mm-hmm. She had a good couple the first two years, bit of a lean year last year. There's been a lot of stuff happening involving Darcy Vessio in the off-season. 
And I just think if I'm her, if, if I'm thinking what she's like as a footballer seeing her play and just reading like some of the columns she's written, she's not someone who's going to go quietly. She's going to hit this year so hard. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see what that looks like. Oh, she's going to fuck people up. It's going to yeah. be great. Oh, she's going to kick goals like nobody's fucking business and be like, yeah, yeah, we are worth that fucking prolonged negotiation, bitches. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't really complain with that. I've chosen a new recruit, but not the new recruit we've just mentioned. Yeah. We're I like talk- how we both were like, oh, no, Ma- McAvoy's too obvious. I was like, <laughs> and when I was doing it, I was like, oh, Gemma will say McAvoy, because of course she will. <laughs> we'll talk about her in a second, but I've chosen, and forgive me for saying this wrong, because I'm definitely going to say it wrong, Vamua Lalofi. Um, she dominated the dogs backline in the VFLW last year and the dogs made the grand final of the VFLW. Her ability to read the ball in defense and then make good choices, propelling it back out is going to be massive for Carlton. And I think them having lost Gillespie Jones last year to North, they never really replaced her. They kind of made do having Lalofi in there, um, will increase their defensive ability without losing anything anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a really smart pickup for them, and they got her quite late as well, and I think she'll just slot in really beautifully. So keep an One eye on like her. like sneaky late picks that she's like, oh, yeah, you're a footballer now. Like, yeah, cool, no worries, off you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think she'll play pretty consistently. I don't think she'll be one that goes in and out, kind of like Tilly Lucas Rod did. She'll consistently be in that side, yeah. in probably that centre-half back Um position so yeah keep an eye on her she's very good um where do you think they'll finish uh so they're in conference b which Correct. is the harder conference yes. however more even i think is the word we should say yeah i think conference a is hard because of adelaide and north yeah but there's this is a more even spread of yes yeah if you were if you were in look yeah yeah i, I agree but yeah. i think <laughs> i think i think they'll be in the top two three again. I think mm. they'll definitely make finals again. Um, and then once, as they've proven last year, once they're in finals they, they can have, do anything. They can do anything. Um, except beat Adelaide and Adelaide. Uh, because no one can no do one that. Can do that. Um, they've be- tried twice. It's <laughs> <laughs> no good, Gemma. But no, I, I think, yeah, I think they'll make finals. Um, and I think I mean, they could they could top the conference. Because I mean, they, they didn't get pillaged too badly by other clubs They've got like no, not at a ready-made jet. What now? Correct me if I'm wrong about McAvoy. And again, I feel like that where they're going to finish and the vibe kind of. For yeah, me, yeah, oh, that's why they're together. Yep. Um, so you're clever. That's good. I am clever. Um, <laughs> the, the where they're going to the what was I say? Yeah, Lucy McAvoy. Correct me if I'm wrong. She's won all Australian in three separate positions, right? And one of those positions is fullback. Yes. Like she's a freak. They could just throw her down there for a bit. Like if they need to. Think of the response people had to uh, Chloe Malloy's first season and Maddie Presparkis' first season. And she's there still too. Multiply that by three for Lucy Mac. Like, Lucy McAvoy, everyone's like, oh, no one can fill the hole of Brie Davey. Lucy McAvoy will fill the hole of Brie Davey and be better than that. And that, that's a massive call. will fill the Davey hole and... Macaulay will do whatever she fucking wants. For Spargans will fill the Davey yeah, hole. Yeah, there's your soundbite. There's your ad. <laughs> There's your pull quote. Put that on my tombstone. When when Carlton win the premiership, that will be the the Herald Sun headline for the next day. Prisparkus filled the Davy Hall. Yep. She'll win the best on. 
in the grand final in a winning Carlton side. <laughs> I actually have tears. <laughs> Thank you for that. No um, worries. <laughs> I yeah. So I think they'll they'll finish top three of Conference B. Um, just because of the evenness of Conference B, I've said top three. Otherwise, I would have said top two or whatever. Yep. Lucy McAvoy is massive, but I think the the relationship she's going to have with Presparkus is going to be even more crucial. Um, and yes, I think that covers the loss of Bree Davey well and truly because Presparkus is only going to get better as well. That's so it. it's not like she levels out and that's all she can give you. She's going to improve. Add in Lucy McAvoy, who can literally go anywhere on the field that they need. Yeah. Um, they're going to be damaging. They're funnily enough um you mentioned once they hit finals they can do anything they're the only team other than Adelaide to have in the whole history of the AFLW to have increased their scoring in finals as compared to the home and away season so what you said is exactly right and there's too many I think competitive you know they're competitive beasts but there's too many competitive beasts in Carlton, mm. that when it gets down to it, like just think of Vessio, Alison Downey. Downey, she's terrifying. Fucking um, Harris when she gets going, yeah. Like you know, yeah. She was gonna like kill someone in it, both of those finals if she could have. She tried. Hey, she's a boxer too. Like, she's a boxer. It's right fucking scary. Um, yeah, I I think Carlton are gonna do very very well. Um, let's move on to the Magpies. Who is your oh. player to watch? So. Davey. I mean, fair. Um, so Collingwood are interesting, and I've gone with. I was looking at their list, thinking like who it is, and you know, Malloy's the the obvious mm. one, getting her back in and her ability to play, you know, wherever they need her because that's literally what she does um, is great. But I just think Collingwood need grunt and leadership, mm-hmm. and Bree Davy brings that. In spades, and she was so good for them in the um, VFLW VFL season. Yeah. So I think in the full season, the the next tier up, she's got the experience to bring some of these other sort of younger players up to her. And I think I think Collingwood copped just a bit of bad luck early on. I, I, fuck, I don't actually know what's going on with Collingwood, but I think Bree Davies gonna make a big difference. And I'm interested. Also, part of me is also curious to see how she goes. At Collingwood. Yeah. Like, just as in a new system. Yeah, she's played the VFLW with them, but the gap between the VFL and the AFL is is big. Yeah. So how does she handle the pressure of that and everyone be like, oh, she's, she, well, you know, she doesn't have the players that she knows necessarily feeding her. And the, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes, and I'm just curious to see, can she drag them into being a good team this year? Who the fuck knows? Collingwood's confusing <laughs> as shit. We'll get to that. Uh, mine is actually Maddie Shevlin who started at the D's, was delisted, and then picked up by Collingwood last year. Um, she was pretty good for them last year, but then her improvement throughout the VFLW season was phenomenal, I think. Um, she'll become a really consistent linking player for them, I think, between midfielders like Davey into their forward line. Um, so I think Maddie Shevlin is one to just keep a close eye on because she's not a player that will be called a lot or that people will talk to you about a lot, but she'll be a really important player for the for the Pies. I almost said Crows there for a second. No, no, like, no. That's wrong. Oh, um, can I just say, that is a Gemma special if I've <laughs> ever heard one. I'm going to say this player who, I'm a really good link player. No one will ever speak about him, but I'm going to love him. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I mean, yeah, I, I love like, a fringe player. That's your brand. Yeah, except Roxy Roo. I know, right? 
you're going to have to pick a new player from Freya because you can't. I can't. There's no way. Look, her name is right there. You know, I know, but you're going to have to because she's too. No. On, it's not on brand for you. No. Pick like. Two someone. X's in a name, though, is on brand for me. I mean. Alex Sexton, Roxy Roo. It is on brand for you. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'll give you that. Anyway. And I do like Fremantle. Anyway. But this, this player is very on brand for you. Maddie Shevlin is her name. Shevlin is a big on brand player for you. Um, so keep an eye on her. She's blonde. I think she's number 34. Let me double check that. Um, yeah, Maddie Shevlin. Doesn't sound like me, not knowing facts and just... Oh, you've thrown me off here. <laughs> <laughs> you picked up on my energy. Yeah. Being wrong. Just being like chaotic and enthusiastic. Um, where do you think they're going to finish and your vibe? So my vibe and when they're going to finish... They're either going to finish bottom of the conference or top of the conference. There is no middle ground. Collingwood, I have no fucking idea about. They are the most chaotic, confusing team. They have, like, on paper, they go in, you're like, yep, this is their fourth year in the competition, sure. They've got great players across all the lines. And then, like, they just, like, lose three games in a row. And you're like, how? (laughs) And then they come, like they come out and win these games that they're not supposed to win and they look really good and they play well in the, the VFL W league and you like the premiership. Yeah. We win a premiership and they're like, yeah, all the parts are there. What, what the fuck? So they don't have score. They don't have people that can kick goals. So, you know, maybe they do now. Maybe, I think maybe, maybe they've improved. Maybe solidifying a few things. Maybe Malloy ends up playing at full forward, which is what she was recruited as. But I think having Bree Davy in the middle allows Malloy to play forward. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. I, yeah, I, you know, and Jamie Lambert um, is incredible. She won their BNF last year. She was a leading goal kicker in the VFLW last year as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, she's improved her ability to go forward and hit the scoreboard, not just get a lot of the ball, that's going to be massive for them as well. But they need to have a way to let her off the chain a little bit and not just get locked down all the time. And again, Brie Davy does that because she's the big name that people get Correct. distracted people are get by. to her and she's going to lift this team. Again, this is why she wanted to watch. Yeah. You watch, you watch, hey, if you heard it here first. Collingwood, maybe Premiers in 2020 or Wooden Spooners. That is like, it, that's just, it's black and white with Collingwood, hey. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Oh, I hate you. Oh, that is... Uh, take the other thing off my tombstone. Put that one on it instead. <laughs> They're both related to Brie Davy. Yeah, they are. Um, I think they'll finish third to fourth in Conference B. I think the issue with scoring is going to become an issue for them. He said issue twice. Um, their percentage will come into play, and that's why I'm questioning the, them making finals or not, purely because... Even if they're winning games, a lot of this conference is going to come down to percentage, and they yep. just haven't proven that they can score high enough to have a high percentage. I mean, the scoring—if they can fix the scoring—they've got a good backline. Like they've got—they've um, got Brazel, Brazel, and Jamie Lam- uh, uh, Stacy Livingston. Yeah, and then you've got, I guess, what Kiyoshi off the halfback flank. She's more of a wing. Yeah, but she can push back, and like Malloy can go back if they need her to. I mean, again, but you're talking about defence. They need people up forward that can actually kick the goals. Because as much as we like players like Katie Lynch, she's not reliable. No. Sarah Darcy is not reliable. No. Um, hey, but she might get more... She's, what, three years in now? Yeah. Two, three years in? She could fan a kick. They won a premiership. They are solid. Enough. Do you want to know who kicked the goals in the premiership? Who? Chloe Malloy and Jamie Lambert. They're the goal kickers, so that's why we can't be naming them in other positions True. and relying on them in other positions. I mean, Brady Davy can bomb them from the centre square. I've seen her do it. <laughs> I think Sophie Alexander 
hopefully not being knocked out in round one next this year will have an impact. Yeah, that was no good. Um, but the person that did knock her out, Shani Layton, she's going to be surprising for a lot of people this year. Her skills have improved dramatically. Well, she's because she's netball background, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is that she. If she can get, with the midfield she's got, she can just get the ball out to, to the ground or get it somewhere or just present get a it. target further down yeah. the line to get a bit of space. I mean, I, I saw, I went to a couple of, saw Collingwood up close twice last year. Mm. Uh, once was the Geelong game. I was there as well. I was sitting in the sun. You were not. I was not. I was sitting in the cool shade like a cool boy. Um, <laughs> and they were disorganised early and yep. tightened up. Yep. And then I saw them play Brisbane. Mm. Um, it's the last round of the year. At Vic Park. It got Geelong into the finals. It was the result we needed. Um, they I, had, I was they, there on a Bucks weekend. Did I tell you that? That's weird. So it was the workest so Buck bachelor party ever. We went to the women's football at Vic Park and had a fucking great time barricading for Collingwood because half of us were Geelong supporters, the other half were Collingwood supporters. They have a history of doing that, though. Yeah. They, Adelaide didn't make finals the year before because of Collingwood beating them in the final round. It's... um. But in that game, watching that game up close, they were organised early. Mm. And Brisbane almost caught them late. Mm. So it's almost like it takes them a couple of weeks to get going. But, guys, the season's really short. Gil hasn't given you a long one. You need to get your <laughs> shit together so much early. I think new coach helps that. And yeah, also absolutely. their fixture for the first three rounds, they've got West Coast here in Melbourne. Oh. So I think that they can do that. And then they've got Frio. Over there in round three, um, three have just lost a whole bunch of players to expansion. I think if they can't win one of those first three, then they're definitely on track for a, a bottom finish. But um, if they can... Carlton in the middle. <laughs> oh, boy. Carlton's... That's why I didn't even mention that one. Man. That's a write-off already. Um, I, that game's going to be massive. Think... I can't wait for someone to... Do, like. I'm so excited to spend so much time at Princess Park this year. I can't park. Yeah. Got to say the actual name. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> shall... hey, if I have to fucking struggle through GMHBA Stadium instead of saying it in your park, then you have to say icon. It's two syllables. <laughs> Goomba Stadium. Anyway. You okay? Yep, I'm fine. Should we talk about Fremantle? Let's. Who's your play to watch? Um... Uh, I've gone really basic with this one, Bowers. Okay, good. I was about to say, if you chose Roxy Rue, I'm no, going to I, 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 I had originally, and I thought, no, I can't. I'll leave that one to Gemma, because <laughs> you want to talk about her favourite player with two X's in there. No, no. I've just, again, just to go to another level, and that level is tackling. And Well, I've already told you. Yeah. Averages over 11 tackles a game. Laid 89 in 2019, her first season. And look, to do... How'd she go in the MVP? She did all right, but didn't set the world on fire. Because uh, yeah, but her, came... her teammates stole a lot yeah, from yeah. her. Whereas yeah. some of them are gone. So, well, Hooker and Gibson. So she, um, she might be on track for an MVP, and I think she'll be going pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Watch her break her own record. And, and she's in the record. leadership group again. It's good. So yeah, yeah she's, she's my pick for the one to watch. Amazing. Watch her beat, watch her beat Marinoff's record. Marinoff beat Bowers' record the next week and then Bowers to reclaim it the week after. You know what I love about it as well is that 21 is the record in the men's as well mm. and the men have double the game time. Uh, 20 is the record in the men's, isn't it? Isn't 21. 20? Oh, 21. Damn. Jude Bolton. And Tom Liberatore. <laughs> it's equal. That was a strange boy. Anyway. So odd. Um, so I've obviously chosen Roxy Rue. Um, I've literally written hard to go past her. Um, if, it, if 
it were a true national draft, she would have gone top five, easy. The way she presents at the ball, she crashes packs. She follows through with the kick as well, which is the she's most important. She's a footballer's footballer. Yeah, she's like a traditional centre-half forward. Yeah, it's that thing of you hear them talk about um, you have like athletes who are good at football mm. and then you have f- footballers. Yeah. And she is a footballer. Yeah. Like, and she's compassionate as well. Like she's shown good sportsmanship too. Yeah. And I just really like that attitude and over in... At, at Frio, it looks like they have a really good team culture. Trent Cooper looks like he's a great coach for them. Uh, he's, the, he's the best coach a Fremantle team has had for decades. <laughs> Let's be honest. Your favourite guy's gone. So he, is, have to worry. he is. No, no, but he's still... Hey, at this point, he is still the best coach Fremantle has had. A Fremantle side has had in oh, 10 years. I mean... Look at, look at the others. What? Just him. <laughs> It's just, it's him. It's like daylight. And then. Michelle Cowan wasn't bad. Okay. It, it's. She uh, built a list that was mostly injured and then he came in and had them all fit. And it was like, oh. I mean, yeah, all right. I, I, it's, what I like the most, though, is that it's the two women's team coaches that are good. so far ahead of every other coach they've had. They probably got paid a third of what? Less than a third oh. of what? Old mate. Garlic boy. <laughs> That's a reference you will not understand if you've never heard our podcast, but. Just you should listen to it. I don't know where that reference comes from. I just know that he you just reference looks like that. a man who has garlic breath. Okay. This is former Freya coach Ross Lyon. Anyway. Who lives in the sea now. Yeah. I think um Roxy Rue up forward with Sabrina Duffy and, and Gabby O'Sullivan kind of at her feet. It makes a really impressive forward line. And then when you consider hopefully if Mim Strom, who is their ruck recruit, their yep. ma- their first ruck re- recruit this year. If she can be relied on to take bulk of the ruck load, and Gemma Houghton can also sit forward, yeah, that forward line all of a sudden becomes terrifying because who do you go to? I don't think there are many defences other than Melbourne's um, that are strong enough across the board to be able to cover all four of those players. Yeah. Um, so I think that is something to keep an eye on for Frio. Their defence, I get a little bit worried about, but. Their forward line, I think, is very strong if Mim Strom can be relied on. The ball is just sitting in your forward 50. Well, they yeah, they've retained a lot of those free-flowing outside runners. Yeah. They've lost Dana Hooker, which is a huge loss, but she's an inside tackling, ball-winning mid. And they've lost Kelly Gibson, who's a small forward, which Sabrina Duffy kind of replaced this year. And to be fair, Rue can kind of fill that. She's so athletic. Yeah. She's exciting. She also has one of the best names in football. And she seems like such an angel. Like, she seems like just such a great person. I reckon, though, when it's football time, you know she's there. She'll crash the pack, but then she'll also, if you're down and concussed, she'll make sure you're yeah. okay. I like that Which is a lot. what she did. Did you see yeah. in the State yeah. League, um, in the NAB under called 18s? The she called them over. over. Yeah. yeah. And then played a bit more and then went and checked on her again. Yeah. She's good, like, good kid. Because she's like, I'm a footballer. I've got to touch that footy. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't touched the footy for 30 seconds. <laughs> um, w- uh, vibe and where do you think they'll finish? Um, so, look, this vibe. So, okay, so far, and maybe I've, I'm wrong, but I feel like I've been pretty good with my information and my vibes have been a lot based on, like, <laughs> the list structure, what I think about players, how things are going to go. I sent you a lot of info before this you did. as well. And I've used a lot of it. Except for this, <laughs> my vibe and where they're going to finish is I think they're going to do really well. It's got nothing to do with anything else. It's the power of love, Gemma. In Conference B. 
Hey, they're in conference. Uh, That's harder. That's hard. Nah, but power of love, Gemma. Power of love. F- first married couple in the same footy team. That's true. We haven't mentioned that yet. The Antonios. The Antonios. That's why they're going to win a premiership. Because just the power of love. I have no statistical analysis. They're going to do... I'm putting them in the top end of Conference B purely based on the power of love, Gemma. So, uh, like, one to three? Yeah, one to three. Somewhere around there. Because they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna play finals and, uh, man, and the Antonios are going to be joint uh, best on grounds. <laughs> I mean, I've put them four to five in conference. I mean, ah, oh, man. <laughs> um, I think the the talent that they've lost, which is 111 games of experience, both of their rocks, I think the talent they've lost is going to cause some problems for them. Their game style, I think, will remain the same, but relying on new players coming into that system and some first off, like, straight out of the draft players becoming really important in that team. I think they will struggle a little bit early and then gather their consistency back in the season. But because this conference is so tight, if they were in Conference A, I would say they'd finish third. But I think in Conference B, it's going to be too tight for them to get over the line in that pack of half of the season. I get it. I also wrote also Kiara Bowers. I mean, so, okay. Okay, Gemma. Yes? Power of love, power of tackles. <laughs> Footy is about love and tackles. It's they're gonna. It's just it's math. <laughs> is it? Yep, it is. Okay, it is. And the whole vibe in Fremantle will be just so much better that Ross Lyon isn't anywhere near that. Club. This feels very much like um, what's that movie called? The Castle. Yeah, it's just it's it's the vibe. vibe. It's Marbo. It's the vibe. You know. No, absolutely. It's the Antonios. It's the vibe. It's the power of love. I can't believe you're prolonging the back end of us talking about Fremantle when Geelong's next. Just I. I just have to give them their juice. Okay. Know? So I think you I'm think they'll to like Frio this year, okay? I love Frio. Yeah. You always fight with me on that. So, I've chosen a really obvious player to watch for Geelong, but I'm keen to hear who you've chosen. Well, so I think we have the same player, okay. but then I've also written something else. So okay. I said obviously Nina Morrison. Yeah. Because she's Hey, can she win the Rising Star? Can she only play one game? Yeah. Fuck yeah, good. My other tip for later in the episode still stands. Really? Absolutely. She's a gun. Anyway, um, Morrison is the one to watch. That first game was incredible. And then... Do you want to know some stats on that? Yes, I'd love to. 22 touches. Yep. Eight tackles. And she kicked the winning behind. Oh, just... And was everywhere. Like, yeah, hit the literally post. everywhere. It was the best. She was incredible to watch. Oh, she's... I'm excited. But what I'm actually also really excited for um, is... And this is the... Look, I've got a lot of players to talk about. No, this is great. I'm enthusiastic about this. But in terms of um, players to watch, obviously uh, there's Brown coming in as Mm -hmm. our... our Millie Brown. Absolutely. Um, But the big ones are, for me, is kind of like other ones. First of all, Hickey having a full pre-season. Yep. And getting a full season. season. Yep. Huge. Like, massive. She's going to fuck people up. Cranston having a full season. She's going to fuck people up. I am so excited... For Cranston to put someone to bed every week, She's so just scary. tuck him in, turn out the light, give him a glass of warm milk, and stay stay there. Warm Milo. Nah, no, nah, no. Nah, she's not fucking around with Milo. She ain't got time. She got to tackle somebody else. She. I'm so. I'm looking forward to her putting someone in the ground. How Fairly, many times is she gonna get almost, reported? Almost suspended. 
Uh, once. Four. <laughs> four times she gets reported. Oh, she'll get. She'll miss a week, I reckon. Yeah, but she'll get reported four times. Oh, just big fan. But the other, the other player that I think will be really interesting to watch will be um, so Sophie Vanderhoevel. Yeah, Sophie Vanderhoevel. Um, they were number two pick last year. No, our number two pick last year played every game, um, and is going to be better again. And just is a really clean user of the footy. Mm. Um, when our game styles was the second half of the year kind of broke down a bit in the, yeah. because we were new, it was just about just do the basics really well. It's a bit like um, when a, a sort of team comes along and they're still trying to find their feet and you can see that they're just they're playing a bit, a bit defensive because they just need to get the ball and get used to having the ball and mm. retaining possession. So it meant that our scoring was a little bit off. It also, you know, we didn't have a forward line for a bit in, you know, we didn't have McWilliams for a whole season. She was in and out with a broken hand. Well, she had the broken hand at the end, but she had other injuries earlier. Correct. And was suspended as well. Yeah. You recruited a lot of highly suspendable players. Yeah, we did. O'Connor. Holy... F- yeah, wow. Cranston, McWilliams. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty sick. I fucking love my team. Geelong very much late in the season were just batting down the hatches, just yep. repel it out of defence and then give us a break and then it comes back in. With the difference of... Vander Hoover, when she got the ball, mm. she got caught holding the ball a bit mm. and made a few mistakes, but she tried stuff. And yep. it's like, those are going to start working. Yeah. That, that, those little run and carry efforts, the, the kicks into the forward 50. You're talking before about having that link player between like your inside mid, so between like a Cranston and a, and a Morrison. Although Morrison can do everything. But that get the ball out, get it to somebody else, she can take off. Yeah. Get it into the hands of a, a, Dar- a Darby or someone like that. Yeah, Kate Darby. Um, so... I'm excited. Yeah. There, she's... I mean, that's four, five players I think I've named. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I'll yeah. happily do that for Melbourne as well. Um, no. I'm the guest. I can do what I want. I've uh, chosen Nina Morrison just because we didn't get to see enough of her last year. And even if she misses the first two rounds, when she does come back in this year, it's going to be damaging because yeah. she's just smart. And I think that... She's a footballer's football. Combined with her talent makes her so hard to defend, um, which is really exciting, except when she's playing against your team, it's that thing which of, I haven't seen yet. No. <laughs> I aren't going to see this year either. Never. Um, it's unless, never going to happen. Finals. No, you're not making finals. <laughs> How dare you invite me on this show and then ambush me. Did you forget what the name of the show was? What? You just went, this show. No. It was, I was outraged. <laughs> called play on stupid Gemma opinions <laughs> about my football team. Um, so I think they'll finish third to fifth in Conference A. They're a good conference, chance. We're Conference B. No, you're not. Oh, wait, no, we're Conference A, yeah. They're a good chance <laughs> to get that, year. yes, <laughs> good chance to get that third spot, provided they can get players like Morrison in early and just be consistent. I think the consistency is a big issue. Yeah. Um, Our back line's fine. We should kick goals. Our backline's really rock solid. Yes. Between we, Meg Mac, Goring. Hickey. Yeah, I think she'll back. play up a little bit higher. But then you've got um, Clark, as well, Georgia Clark, who played really well. She's going to go forward this year. Oh. Which I, is something I want to talk about because they, your number one goal kicker for 2019 got delisted. And it's like, well, where are your goals going to come from? Mira Clifford. Yeah. So she's gone to Freo. Yeah. Um, where are your goals going to come from? And that was my big question about Geelong, which is why I'm a little bit 
nervous well, about them. We've also got um, a couple of the recruits we brought in, uh, McDonald and Skinner. Mm. Yeah, Skinner um, can kick goals. Yeah. Van Hoover can kick goals. Morrison can kick goals. Brown can just do whatever the fuck she wants. Well, do you want to know? So, Mia Ray Clifford kicked six last year. Kate Darby kicked five. And she only really went forward later in the season. Correct. She was playing as a... Backup rock. Yeah, so she could spend a bit more time forward. That helps. We get McWilliams, McWilliams in more than, I think, three games out yeah. of six or seven. She kicked three, and when she was forward, she was kind of the only forward. that was So she had multiple defenders on her. If they can even that out a little bit and spread it in the forward line, that helps. There's players like uh, Jordan Ivey who can play as sort of that. Jordan Ivey, sort of small yeah. Forward. And then Maddie Boyd and Olivia Purcell, who has gone really underrated as well. She was... I think pick 15 last year. Um, she another one who's has been fantastic. Got a bit of pace. So each of them kicked two goals. So if they can have a bit more spread and then add in players like some of those midfielders who had to cover the loss of Morrison, had to cover the loss of Hickey, those sorts of players. And then if players like Cranston can rest forward instead of on the bench, yeah. that can help. Even Hickey forward for a bit. Yeah. Just... Taking a defender, they don't even have to score, but if they can take a bit of pressure off some of the other forwards. Yeah. So my question comes into the forward line and how they get played um, and how well they're able to use the ball up forward. But other than that, you look like a pretty solid team. I think, yeah, look, I'm real biased. We're going to win the premiership. Um, going no. to do the double in 2020. No. Uh, do the quadruple. Win all four. Um, no, look, I'm confident. Listen how confident I am. I'm super... Nah, bring it on. Absolutely bring it on. Um... I think my vibe is that we'll be great. Um, I mean, our backline's gonna again. Our backline's great. Our midfield is great. But even like Morrison can rest forward, yeah, and be damaging and dangerous. So I think versatility-wise, we're okay. We're also in the conference that has that cheeky spot. Yeah. And if we can make it into the finals, who knows? We could, you know, not kick a goal. Um, I mean, you did just off a free kick and a fifty-meter penalty. Yeah. Look, hey, that was a bad game. Yeah, it was. I watched it, the whole thing. I'm just I saying... Just, I just wanted goals. Anyway. I don't feel... I don't have any animosity towards Geelong. I think the AFL did them dirty. Oh, yeah. We we got Should fucked not have over been there. by the conferences for two years. So we got fucked over by going into the finals when we absolutely shouldn't have been in it. And then it burnt us this year because we... Oh, well, you finished higher up on the ladder so you don't get as many draft picks. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, we still got the play that we absolutely wanted outside of getting McAvoy had she uh, selected. And so at Millie Brown? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Millie Brown was always the, the target they wanted. Well, this is the thing for Geelong, though, is that outside of players that nominate all of Victoria, you have a selection oh. that no one else can touch. It's, it's the same thing. I, I feel like in the last few years, Geelong, in terms of a club across both the AFLW and the AFLM, mm. have focused really strongly on players from our region. Because they're like, the game's going to get bigger. We can't compete with the Richmond money and the Collingwood money and these other big expansion clubs. But how good would it be to live 15 minutes from the beach? And also, and like, where your parents are from, and you can go and see, like, your grandpa on the weekend. Getting your players back from other clubs as well. It's, it's almost like you're ca- catching them all back in. Well, that's, I, I'm still I'm in waiting, you know, given another couple of AFLW seasons, we'll pinch Lily Nissen back at some point. That's not going to happen. Oh. I know for a fact that that's not going to happen. I mean... She's not leaving. She hasn't seen the biggest sex event in Australia. She's going to win a flag this year. Yeah, and then come to Geelong. No. Why would you leave a successful club to go to a shit one? Oi. Yeah, I shouldn't say that. Oh. I'm friends with Beck. I feel really bad saying yeah. that. That's why you, sh- you should want us to succeed. Your friend is our vice-captain. Yeah, but Melbourne. 
But nah, friendship. <laughs> power of love, power of friendship. Friendship is love. Power of love and tackles. <laughs> that's what we are. Oh, that's what footy's all about. Love that's, and tackles. That's tagline. I'm just writing that down. <laughs> of love and tackles. Yeah, look, I, I have a... Um, biased opinion premiers, if we made finals in the conference and just showed across the board a higher scoring output, I'd be stoked. Yeah. I'm just fucking excited. I also, I'm excited to see, like, uh, I think we're also going to do well, because this is the other thing, the vibe that I'm getting. And the reason I think Carlton are going to do well as well is the united front during the pay dispute stuff. Yeah. Is Carlton were a united front. Geelong were largely... We're, uh, St Kilda and we're, GWS were. were. We're united fronts as well. And um, I'm pretty sure I saw Meg McDonald in, in Melbourne the other day. I got a little bit starstruck. She lives with Darcy Vesio. Oh, there you go. So yeah. There you go. I probably did see her. Yeah. Wow. She's a Darabin girl. Man. No, I saw I didn't see her there. I was just sorry. No, I'm just sweet. saying. She's a Darabin girl. She's in Dimmicks. And I was like, hey. I got a little bit like, oh. And I was like, fuck, Tommy. You're a 28-year-old man or a 10-year-old child. I probably would have done the same. Anyway. I was at a cafe the other day and um, Alicia Eva and a bunch of GWS players were sitting outside, all in GWS gear, and I walked past and I freaked out. And when I sat inside, they sat me facing the window, facing their table, and they all kept looking at me and I was just like, this, this is so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> uh, look, if we're doing football, so I was at a cafe in North Melbourne recently having breakfast yep. and like ate North Melbourne. I was like... I was that girl. Look, there was a girl like buying, ordering a coffee. I was like, she looks really fucking familiar. Anyway, she goes and sits down. And I, I I couldn't quite place it. And then when she sat down, I'm like, oh, that's Caitlin Ashmore. And I was like, oh fuck, there's Emma King. Oh, they're all here, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> It's so weird. It's like, oh. And they, they probably don't get that many people no. coming up to them. But I was just like clearly being weird. So they kept looking at me and I was like making this worse. Anyway, apologies, Alicia, Eva and co. Louise Stevenson was there as well. A couple others. Um, anyway, should we talk about the Suns? First expansion team to chat, chat about. Yeah, I guess. So, play to watch. Have you chosen one? Yes. Yorston. Fuck. <laughs> I was going to Screw you, Tom. Well, I mean, I should have probably thought that we would both say Yorston. That's okay. I mean, I was going to say um, any of the players who've jumped ship to... Um, so, like, half of their team? Half their team. Just interesting to see them play for an expansion club, see how it goes. The reason I picked Yorston is she'll... It'll be, the reason she's a player to watch is not necessarily that... And you might go into this as well, but I think she's a player to watch because she will be an integral midfielder in a new team. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how she handles that. Yeah. Also, power love and tackles. Loves tackles. Laid eight tackles in her first... Oh, averages eight tackles a game. I think she laid nine in her first game. Love and tackles. She loves tackles. Yeah, she does. Um, so she played four games for the Lions in 2019. And as I said, averaged eight tackles a game. Similarly to Postlethwaite at Brisbane, I think she will lead by intent and attitude at the contest and at the ball. Yeah. And I think that's crucial to them developing a strong side in terms of ball winning ability. And that's where it starts. So I think that's why she's such a crucial player. And then again, that's why I think Postlethwaite is such a crucial player to Brisbane. Yeah. So um, I'll be interested to see how she can follow up a good first few games. Um, but I think she'll improve, not drop away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, expected finish and, and vibe. <laughs> Are you going to use that so word look, now? The thing about the Gold Coast is 
I cannot wait. And this is what I... Okay, I'm going to read you the exact sentence I've written here. Because I think you'll appreciate this. Gold Coast. Cannot wait for this team to immediately become more relevant than the men's team. <laughs> like, it'll just happen. Why did I know you were going to say that? They're just... They're going to be better. They're, look, they're going to struggle. I think they're going to do what Geelong were probably last year with in terms of out of the two out of the other expansion clubs so out of like the other four I think they're going to be the other three well yeah as in out of the four sorry but I think they're going to be a bit sluggish to go and I think they're going to struggle because they've got a lot of younger players and newer players and they're on the fucking Gold Coast and there's just like bad Gold Coast juju I feel but I, I they'll be better than the men's they'll win a premiership before the men's team does that's a big call um is it? I think it is. Because the men's team is going to I'm very optimistic ocean. about Gold Coast. And yeah, they're going to get tied to a tree and thrown into the sea. Alex Sexton cures everything. I think... Um, but I think, yeah, I think they're going to struggle. They're going to be in the bottom half of their conference. Because they're also in a conference that is... Like Conference A. Yeah, but they I think the other teams in Conference A are better than them. Just... They're not going to sneak into third. Mm. And I think there's... There's probably three, two, two or three teams that could be that third team, mm. and it's not Gold Coast. No, so I've got them four so, to six. Yeah, so I think they're going to be sixth. Out of seven? Yeah. Nah, seventh. <laughs> Tom, there are 14 teams. I'm quite Math. positive. I'm, I'm, I think, more positive about them than you are. Oh, no, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing or a reflection. I'm not saying they are the Gold Coast M team. They're not. They're just new, and it's going to take a while mm. for them to find their feet a bit. I think the thing that hurts them more than a lot of other teams coming into the comp is that they have to play Adelaide, North Melbourne, and Melbourne, which yeah. are three of the toughest teams to come up against. Yeah. Whereas Richmond don't have to play Melbourne. Like there are other expansion teams that don't have to play all three. Yeah, and there's they and, and do within their own expansion. They've also within their own conference. They've got Adelaide and North. No. No. Um, Geelong and Brisbane. G- and GWS and Richmond. Yeah, what about those? But like Brisbane and Geelong who... Oh, man, the Q clash is going to be fascinating. It's going to be great, I reckon. So many Q- XQs in that team. Yeah, well, I, I think of all the big names that they've got in, though, I think the biggest one is Tiana Ernst from the Dogs. True, actually, yeah. I... Oh nah, I'm I'm saying Virgo purely because of the games experience. Tiana Ernst has more. Hmm. Just a fun fact for you. Really? Yeah. Why do we? Why do I equate Virgo as being more? Maybe she had a bit more of a leadership role. Yeah, and I think Virgo also has been involved in uh, AFL Queensland and stuff behind the scenes. Champion data. Yeah. She's been very kind of involved in AFL in general across the board for a lot longer. And Teresa um, play real fucking well. It's a good pair of hands. Whereas Tiana Ernst, she's statistically their leader for a lot of stuff going in. That's including players like Kasler and Jamie Stanton and people like that. So, yeah, yeah I think Tiana Ernst is a really clever inclusion. Also because she's a doctor and she wants to be based up there. Yeah. So that she wants to live there. So that in itself helps so much. I mean, her, her and Lockie Well are the only two people willingly well, happy to go to Gold Leah Coast. Leah Kasler has been commuting for Brisbane so far, so now she can live at home and not have to commute so far. Yeah, right. Because she's a biologist or something, like a, does stuff with plants. Do you know, 
A botanist? Botanist is the word. Sorry, I sound like such a moron. I almost said herbology, which is the study of plants in Harry, <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> so that's the Gold Coast Suns. Let's move on to the Giants. Gwus Giants. The big, big sound. The big, big sound from the west of the town is the sound of the mighty Giants. Who's your player to watch? Um, I think this is an obvious one, but it's Eva, uh, Alicia Eva, just to see how yep. she goes with the captaincy. Which was a sort of a huge... Because it wasn't one of those things that it's like from the outside seemed like a big deal, but internally they were all ready for it. It seemed like it was a big... Like it was just like, holy holy fuck. Mm. I, okay, shit. Because, yeah. All right, I, I guess uh, you're the captain now. Like that's... She was... Vice captain. She was always the leader. Yeah. I think the shock was more losing Farouja than it was her being captain. Yes, but I think it's how she's going to handle being captain in the environment where they've lost Farouja. Like a spiritual leader. Yeah. I think that's a good one. She's... I feel like she's not going to change the way she plays oh, no, to be captain, not. which she'll is be, important. She'll play fine. It'll be how she... It'd just be interesting to see how she goes. It's just a fascinating... It's a fascinating example that I just have no... There's no other marker for it. Where yeah. Like a few weeks out from preseason, everything, it's like, actually... I'm not playing. Yeah. I'm done. Mm. You're up. Especially as a captain. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I actually can't think of any that happening in the men's ever. No. no. I, I actually, retiring, not at the start of the season. There's, there's obviously, you know, some. Retirements, but not captains. Not, well, uh, even, not retirements, but like leaving. So like Ryan Griffin is the really notable one. The, how he was captain of the Bulldogs, requested a trade while he was still captain to the Giants. Yeah, but that was at the end of the season. It wasn't like weeks before. And that's the what I mean. Started. So that's yeah. that's the closest analogy, and that's post season. Yeah, I just it's oh, I'm excited. It's good. It's gonna be great. It's always involving the Giants. Um, mine is Jess Allen, who was inactive last year but played the year before for um, the Crows. She's in the Army Reserves, I think. So is relocated to Canberra. Um, so is now playing for the Giants because it's obviously more convenient. Um, I think her height and ball reading ability and versatility particularly is something that Giants have really needed and her ability to kind of cement a spot at fullback or centre-half back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. For the Giants and be consistent for them is really important. Something that they haven't had is consistent performers outside of those core midfielders um so i think she'll be brilliant for them also in the fact that players like Erin mckinnon can have a chop out without needing to bring in a whole other ruck to give her a break stuff like that so i think jess allen will be a really important player in in the giants context i guess yeah yeah 
finishing vibe? Um, look, eh, brah, oh, no, they're not doing well. No, um, they're like they'll be. Yeah, they're not doing well. Um, I just they're in they're in again they're in the draw with that similar to Gold Coast. I don't see them as being one of the, the teams that might be pinching that yeah. third spot. So they're sixth or they're seventh. Mm. I think they'll finish ahead of Gold Coast because of just purely maybe experience being in the game longer. Really, but at the same time, they kind of like. I watched a couple of games of them last year. I watched the game where Geelong annihilated them and it was mm. like, what the fuck? Yeah. They should be better than this. Mm. So I, and it also, I, you don't understand, like, does that, they're losing the cap. So does the captaincy thing, you know, play into it at all? Losing that have an effect on the players' minds. Who knows? They have to be in fucking Canberra, so there's also that. That sucks for them, I guess. Well, it sucks for everyone in Canberra right now. They're all... Can't breathe. Can't yep. run outside. Yep. Country's on fire, Gemma! Yeah, it's terrifying. Help! Speaking of Ferruja, though, um, just going back to that briefly, I just remembered. I did notice that the Giants had 31 players on their list before she retired, and you're meant to have 30. So they've already covered the loss of her, I think. They'd, that had already been... Oh, yeah, not in terms of, like, personnel. No, no, I mean, no, it's just an like... interesting thing to note that... They already had prepared, almost. It's almost like someone saw it coming, but it wasn't anyone that was aware. Of. I don't so know. Maybe the list manager. It was so weird because they. I noticed going through the list that they had thirty-one as compared to thirty for everyone else, so and then Faruja retired. Everywhere. I don't parts. know if they're giving them concessions. I think someone just retired and they'd already prepared to replace her. Anyway, um, conspiracy theorist over here. I've got two great ones to tell you off air because I don't want everyone thinking I'm crazy. Just you. Um, I already do, so that's good. <laughs> uh, so I think they'll be five to seven in yeah. Conference A. I, I was really strong on them ahead of the 2019 season. It looked like everything was kind of coming to place for them. Right. They looked really strong in their preseason games, and then they just fell apart when it came to winning premiership points. I mean, the other issue was that they also had that game where they turned the power off. That happened in their game. That did. Yeah. I remember that because yeah, I was yeah. selling merch at a gig and watching it on my iPad being like, no, <laughs> I want to watch footy. It went for like an extra hour. Yeah, it was so it was long. so late. And the weather was horrendous. That's right. And then people were like, just call half time. And they were like, no, nope, there's three minutes to play. Yeah. I went back out, played the three minutes, went back in for half time. Yeah. Had a half an hour break. <laughs> it was minus 400 and pissing rain. People stayed though. Yeah. People kept watching. Um, I think a bigger loss... Than Amanda Ferruja, which sounds terrible, is Emma Swanson. She's gone to the Eagles. Yeah. She's their true. captain. Yeah. Um, I think they'll really feel the loss of her. So I think they really need to tighten the screws if there are any chance, but they don't have an easy early fixture. I just don't think they can do it this year. No, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to, though. Looking forward to their round one game. Uh, Storm just like getting her nose broken in like the first 10 minutes. Well, I don't even know if she'll play because she's had that broken leg. Oh, fuck. I don't know how long it'll take her to get back to be able right. to play. Her first game back, broken nose. <laughs> how many times has she broken her already? You know, she's 37. Fuck. Yeah. That's I am, why. I'm 28 and I get I got tired walking to your front door. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, the, lying. The leg, that's why the, her coming back from that leg break, which is horrific, like... Gary Rowan style leg break. Ugh. Her coming back from it is And it took him like a few seasons Ameri- to get back up and running again. Yeah. So the fact that she's training is 
miraculous. Like, but I don't think people understand just how big a deal that is. But for the Giants, Jacinda Barclay for me was always their like main forward after Phoebe McWilliams moved to Geelong. And then she kind of didn't really step up last year. You know who their most consistent and highest goal scorers are? Cora Staunton has kicked 11 goals for them, which is the most on their list. And Yvonne Bonner averages the most goals a game for them. Well, Bonner's still there. But what I'm saying is their reliance is on two players that have come from Ireland. They don't have and any... All, to be fair, all of their goals... That, they're two, the reason I like both of them... They're both stressful players to watch. They are, yeah. Like, are you going to die? Are you okay? <laughs> oh, it's a goal! Oh, Jesus, fuck. You broke your nose. Bonner's goal should have been nominated for goal of the year. Travesty. That killed me. Anyway, shall we move on to the best team of all? Uh, we've already done them. It's in their Melbourne. song. <laughs> um, there's not a bit in Melbourne song that says they're the best. Or Shut the up. Uh, who is your player to watch? Because I'm going to judge this very harshly. Don't okay. look at mine. No, no. I, I know what I know what yours will be. What's mine going to be? Yours will be Eden Zanker. You saw my sheet. It's, does it say Eden Zanker? Yes. Thank you. I know you. <laughs> I know the players you like. Uh, I think the one that I put, and then I had another one in brackets, uh, the one I put is Libby Birch. Yes. So coming across from the Bulldogs. Um, Good Darabin girl. She, well, that, and that's, that's the, like I heard her speak at a thing recently and people were like, oh, why would you leave the Bulldogs? She was really good there. But it was literally because... Daisy Pierce gave her her first pair of boots, and they're the same boots that she still wears when she plays. So it's like she had an opportunity to go to the club to play with the person who got her into football. Yeah. So why the fuck wouldn't she? Yeah. Um, also, why would you want to stay at Western Bulldogs when you could be at Melbourne? Woo-wee. Whatever. Comes along, everybody. Um, no, so uh, the reason I've said her is that new club, always just interesting to watch how play goes in a new club, but her tenacity... An attack on the ball and her ability to read the play, but then not to read the play, but second effort, third effort, just keep going. Yes, yeah. is, is really, really good and probably really valuable to a team that has just lacked a bit of grit at times when it's needed. Don't be. Hey, I didn't say anything. You, get, you did a face. You did a face that said, <laughs> "Why did I invite this dickhead on my show?" No, I just think and and yeah, I. She's good, and I think she'll be good, and it'll be interesting to see how she goes, but I think some of that energy... I mean, so what, so she's playing half-back? Yep. With probably Jacobson. Do you want to know who our backline is? Just, no, we can get to that. You can have your whatever. But so, but I'm I'm talking about two positions, your two back flankers. So Jacobson and Birch. No, I think Jacobson will play higher up the ground. On a wing or something? Do you want to know who I think... Who is going to play on the half-back line for Melbourne? Daisy Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. That was my person in brackets. I'd be like, uh, how does she go um, after having a year off? Yeah. And there's a fair bit of pressure on her, but also less pressure on her because... But, so here's the thing. There'll be less pressure on her because I don't think she'll be the in and under always on the ball because you've got Paxman, you've got O'Day, you've got Mithin, you've got... Maddie Gay replaced her Maddie in 2019. Gay, yeah. You've got these players to do it and players you've picked up in drafts, I'm sure, that I don't know about, but... How will she cope with her new role? How will she cope with less of the weight on her shoulders being the player? Will be fascinating to see. Yeah. 
Um, well, I think I, I want to touch on that in a second, but before we get there, I want to say about Eden Zanka. So she's my player to watch, obviously. Um, I, I think she really impressed throughout 2019, but 2020 is going to be a huge challenge for her because with Lauren Pierce going down for what is being reported as a few weeks, a few weeks is a month and a month is half the season. Yeah, no, is so Lauren Pierce technically is a few weeks. Connotations, yeah, but it's, it's a it's a fucking big loss. It's a huge loss. I was and looking forward to a Pierce Pierce, Pierce to Pierce, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, it will happen. It'll just happen later. Yes. Um, so I think because Eden Zanker then has to carry a lot of that ruck load, she'll become a better player. But how long will it take her to get to, to adjust to it? Yeah. We saw Jess Foley last year for Adelaide when Rihanna Metcalf went down like two weeks before the season started step in and be phenomenal. I have a belief that Eden Zanker can do that because we've seen her ruck before. We know how, how athletic she is and how energetic she is, um, but it's really hard to replace a player like Lauren Pierce. Yeah. So if she can hold down the fort for four weeks before Lauren Pierce can get in, I think Melbourne is in a really good spot. It also helps that Zanker has a laser kick. Yeah. Like, her kicking is very good. Yeah. Considering that, no, I disrespect your team, but your forward line has a history of not being very accurate. I'm going to talk about that, don't I'm worry. Looking at you, Ting Cunningham. Uh, Alicia Newman and Kate Hall. Uh, bless the three of you. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to talk about that, don't worry. That's been a big thing for me. Um, yeah, so I think that Eden Zanker is going to be... She's either going to be... The rising star, well, she's not eligible, but she's either going to be the best young player in the competition outside of the rising star group, or she's going to struggle in the first half of the season. So it's how she takes on that first month that's going to tell us a lot about Melbourne as a whole, because I think she'll end up being a barometer. Not to put too much pressure on a 20-year-old kid, but you know. Hey, this is the AFL. We love putting pressure on 20-year-old kids and giving them complexes later in life and having people question their every move, and then they're really... Sad and moved to Port Adelaide. Jack Watts. Yeah, I was just like, Jack, there's Jack so Watts. many players we could be talking or, about right now. Or Tom also Boyd. Jack Trangrove, who also yeah. moved to Port Adelaide after too much pressure was put in by a club at 20. Yeah. Um, Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd. Fuck, I love Tom Boyd. Uh, there are many. We can talk about many. Joe Danaher. I do not want to talk about that. Please don't talk to me about that. Um, expected finish and general vibe? Um, I, I think... For the first time in Melbourne's four-season, they'll make finals. The conference is on their side. I Do you think, think? I think it is, yeah. I think the two, the two best teams in Conference B are Carlton and Melbourne. So they'll finish one or two. And then it's just a case. Well, depending on what Colling would do, <laughs> but I think the, the conference is on their side in terms of that they're the two best. Yeah. Um, the Bulldogs are, are a tricky team. West Coast are an unknown quantity. Frio could be really good, but I think the only downside is what I, what I think the world needs is I think you guys need to finish like not top of your conference, so you don't have to play any fucking finals at Casey Fields. <laughs> I agree. That place is a hellhole. It, it is, is the asshole. It's the, the end of, of, the of, of Victoria. It yeah. is it's bad. windy and shit. Mm. You need to finish well enough that maybe you're playing like Whitnoval or at Vic Park or Icon Park or another Melbourne ground. Maybe not travelling interstate, but another Melbourne ground. And then you have to play like either at another Melbourne ground for the grand final or interstate for the grand final. <laughs> I 
just I don't think you can win if you have to play in the armpit of Victoria. I mean, the best game of last season was round one at Casey Fields in 38-degree heat. But, um, yes, I agree with you about Casey Fields. I reckon they'll be one to three. I'm remaining optimistic. I was full bore on Melbourne before the Lauren Pierce injury got announced. And then in the last couple of days... Yeah, losing... They need to win... Say what? It's probably four games before Pierce gets back. Yeah. You would probably need to win... Three of those. Three of those. Yeah. At worst, 50-50 split. Yeah. It's going to be tough, but I... No, nah, you need to win three. You need to win three minimum. Yeah. Those. Especially those. being in that conference, it's going to be much tighter. Yeah. Um, I think the loss of Cat Smith is also huge. Uh, so recently, it, at the end of 2019, both Cat Smith and um, Shay Sloan did their ACLs. So Cat Smith is a player that typically plays... On the half-back line is very much a tackling defender or a tagger. So this is where I think Daisy Pierce steps in and takes over that role. And that sounds insane. And I know Gabby Colvin has kind of been recruited for that. I mean, Libby Birch I mean, is Libby the Birch side. is a tackler, tagger, shut yeah. down. But I think Daisy Pierce, who is in the top 10 of the league for tackles, even though she missed last year, I think she can replace Cat Smith in that way, not have to be so physical on the ball all the time and just be a tackling halfback that uses the ball well out of defence. Can we just talk about how fucking insane it is that she had twins and she's back playing footy again? Yeah. Like, that's fucked. I mean, I, I don't know how she does it, but she's amazing. She's determined. It's just... She's like, I'm going to come back. Also, she's going to... She loves those kids. Power love and tackles. That's my... Yeah, it gets a whole lot harder that Pierce 2 is down. Um, but... Yeah. But, okay, so... If, if, they're, if, they're, if they're up and about early... They, okay, you're going to hate this. I might re- I'm revising my thought process. Oh, God. Melbourne and Collingwood are the same team. No, they're not. Don't say that. Don't you dare say that. Top. Or what? Just no. chaos. Chaos. That's... that's war. Can I uh, rebut that? Probably not. And just say, I think Melbourne's going to have the best defence in the league. I mean, it's a pretty good backline. When you think about Harriet Cordner, yep. who improved exponentially last year. Meg Downey, who's incredible. Yeah. She just turned 31 recently. Libby Birch coming into that. Then we've got Lampard... We've got uh, Chantal Emmonson. And technically Jacobson playing. Jacobson she could. can play down there. Um, Daisy Pierce slotting in there. I wholeheartedly believe she will. There's a lot to like about Melbourne's defence. So uh, if they can fix their accuracy in front of goal, I think they become unstoppable. That's what's holding them back. So they went at 51% in 2017. They went Ooh. at 43% in 2018. and 40 who's, who's your fucking goal-kicking coach? Fire them. Fire them into the sun. 46% in 2019. Lord. If Melbourne can improve their accuracy in front of goal, they become unstoppable because they get the ball in there. They just don't take the opportunities. And it's so frustrating to watch because they should be winning. And the, the I, I watched that game. <laughs> I saw that game. And that other game. And that other game. I saw those games. It becomes more painful as well when you consider that they missed, they missed finals in the first three seasons on percentage. Yeah. So it's just so frustrating. But I think if they can... If the conference system didn't exist last year, would you have still missed on percentage? 
Because you would have been behind Frio, Adelaide, North. I think we would have been behind North as well, but it still would have been, if it was top four, Melbourne would have been in. Oh, or, yeah. mm, I'll double check oh, that. Carlton may have been Carlton. above. Yeah. Just because of that last game. But anyway, Melbourne uh, are their own worst enemy. They should be the best team in the competition, but they let themselves down in front of goal. Um, they have they average the second highest Feels score. Bit, you can get second of even being biased. Just just throwing out that they should be the best team in the comp. They should be, but they're letting themselves down. I mean, the best team in the comp is Adelaide. Yes, I agree with that. But what I mean is, they average the second most shots on goal of any team across the first three seasons. The first being Adelaide. Yeah. Their accuracy is one of the worst. So if they took those chances, they'd be destroying everyone. How how much of this is this? And again, I don't really get stats, but how much of that stat though is other teams defending well and not letting them have shots from gettable positions? I can't give you that because uh, what is this? An we, amateur uh, our show? We're not given good enough stats in AFLW. Okay, yeah, it's a systemic issue. Yeah, understand. Agreed. <laughs> um, but when it's you it's a deeper problem. <laughs> when you're watching the games, they're easy shots that they're missing. Yeah, well, um, the easy shots just seem. More noticeable because there's a lot of them. Yeah, there is. Again, whereas Eden Zanka slots it from the boundary, it's just like that kick. (sighs) Might one of the most beautiful kicks for goal I've ever seen. It was Dom Sheed in the grand final esque. Not in terms of not in terms of stakes. No, no, not in terms of stakes, but But from position, position, yeah, and how beautiful the kick was. It didn't move. The ball did not move. It was so good. Amazing. She She aimed for one man's shiny bald head on level four and went, yeah, ping. It's amazing. Um, Couldn't yeah. have done it at Casey Fields. Too fucking windy. I mean, Kiara Bowers did it at Casey Fields. Kicked the winning goal against Melbourne in yeah, round one she's, last year. She's superhuman. She's turbo. Love and tackles. She's turbo. Is that her nickname? Yeah. It's fucking sick. <laughs> um, anyway, okay. We've done enough about Melbourne. Shall we talk about the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos? Yeah, sure. Tell me. Who's the one player to watch? Correct. Um, Carney. Ugh, lame. No, because I was I originally had Emma King. That would because, have been better. But no, 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 because hear me out. <sighs> the reason I picked Emma Carney is because she's like, hey, no Phillips this year, that medal's fucking mine. And we're going to get the tradition of Aaron Phillips winning it one year, Emma Carney winning it another year. I will protest that later on. This year. I'm oh, no. pre- She's not the person I've got as winning the medal this year, or the MVP, but I'm just thinking that will be in her brain to do that. Yeah. That's my thought process anyway. Okay. I have Jess Trend. This is a fringe player that we're going to come to <laughs> I love. I don't think she's fringe. Um, maybe she is. I think she was underrated in the context of the this stars year. in yeah. their team last year. Um, I expect her to build as well heading into... 2020, but I think her composure and smarts in the midfield and then into defence and that half-back line propelling the ball back and like setting up play for them is really valuable. Um, just if, you, if you're watching the Roos, try to keep an eye on her. She's got a lot of tattoos. You can't miss her. She looks a lot like Gillespie Jones, but with tattoos. Okay. Um, so just look for Gillespie Jones, but if she had ink. What if Gillespie Jones has got tattoos over Christmas? What if she went and got Christmas Gillespie tattoos? Jones has Mel Hickey arms. She's not going to tattoo them. I tell you what, Mel Higgy's arms. Gillespie Jones are better. They could just both punch me in the head. They could, yeah. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go. I mean, anyone could punch you in the head, but they would I'd let make it. danger happen. Oh, make bring danger it on. happen. If I'm going to die, there are worse ways to die. <laughs> than Mel Higgy punching you in the head. Yeah, it's like, I've, like, you know, um, 
in the men's comp, uh, Magic Door punched me in the head, mate. Those arms, <laughs> oh, just crushed my skull. Josh Kennedy. Josh, oh, just give me put me in a headlock, champ. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm okay. Yeah, Jess Trent. So keep an eye out for her because I think once you start to watch her, you realise how valuable she is because everyone's always talking about Bruton or Carney or Emma King who are all very, very good players, but because we know their names, there's a lot more focus on them. Bruton's really fucking good. Bruton's incredible. I think Bruton was better than Carney last year. I actually forgot about Bruton and I'm like, oh, maybe she's my player to watch. Yeah, she's amazing and she's really young. Bruton's my player to watch. No, she lives in a tiny little house with with Jazzy Garner. Um, on this big block of land, they have a tiny home. What? What's? What? It's like a trailer with like, and they yeah, it's amazing. What do they do? Why is it so little? Because it's a tiny home. Have you ever watched that on Netflix? Yeah, those houses give me anxiety. Yeah, that's what they've got with mul- anxiety. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, call that show Caravan Anxiety. Um, anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, expected finish and vibe. Oh, they're yeah, finals. Um, they're going to finish top because they're in the they're in the um, the the better conference, the scary conference. Yeah. Um, no, nah, they'll finish top ish. One to two. Uh, yeah, put them put them in one to two. They'll it'll be them Adelaide and then oh no, it'll be Geelong and then Adelaide. <laughs> um, no, they'll they'll finish in the top mm. tier of their conference. Um, they will probably do really well in finals. Um. They'll be, and the vibe, they will be angrier and meaner than last year because they, they missed out last year. Continue to drop knees in. Uh, oh, yeah. They, th- you watch. There's going to be some thuggery from some the... Some Cunnington style, like they did last year. They've been... They've been he's been giving them... They've had preseason camp. They did that last year as well. elbows cunning. All of their players turned into nasty players. She didn't do any punching. Yeah, she knocked somebody out. Um, I think yeah they'll be one to three in conference A. Um, yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be hungry and angry. Yeah, Bring hungry on. and angry is the tagline. They're gonna be hangry. Hangry. Hangaroos. Hangaroos. <laughs> um, the only major losses for the Roos in terms of expansion and stuff was Drennan, who I think is a bigger loss than people realise. Stanton, who went up to Gold Coast, and Courtney Munn, who went to the Saints. Yeah. Um, the Munn other had that fucking cooked game. Four goals on debut. Fuck. So good. And then she didn't kick anymore for the season. No, but hey, you don't fucking have to when you kick four on debut. <laughs> she was amazing. Um, the in, other in a team that also boasts like uh, some good Emma players. King. Yeah. Um, the other big loss is Jess Duffin. Yes. So that needs to be considered. T twenty cricket. Not ah. Oh. Too pregnant. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> Um, so they need to have that composure on the back line. Yeah, they need to have someone that can remain composed across their back line as a replacement for her because the thing that she brings outside of elite skill is composure and Luke Hodge-style thoughtfulness to the way the setup is happening and the way play begins. cool-headed, you know, you look at some of those great defenders across the league. Yeah. They're all just like very calm. like Randall, very calm. We're just gonna this is gonna happen. Meg Mac, very oh, very calm. This is what's gonna happen here. Like that level headed. Duffin's the same. It's like yeah, cool. This is what's everyone everyone likes. It's okay. Yeah. Which tempers you know the fact that every other person on the team's gonna be like fuck it, let's go. That's why I think Daisy Pierce needs to go into that position for Melbourne. Just saying. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Shall we move on to Richmond? Let's go. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be an annoying conversation. Why Tell me. An annoying conversation? I don't like Richmond. All right, hey, um, hey. 
Let's go through them real quick. Let's just do a. Let's do a how good's. This is what we do for how good's footy. It's a team we don't like. We just won't spend as much time talking about them. <laughs> just got to embrace it a bit. Who is your play to watch? Uh, Conti, Mon Conti. Okay, she will maybe miss some games through basketball commitments. I think. Yes, yes, but uh, I just imagine that she will have a different sort of role because it'll be she'll be a focal point mm. for Richmond. But I also I think she'll relish that and she'll get off a leash. Yeah. And I think I've, I'm expecting more mid, probably more midfield time for her than... She's going to be their key midfielder, Yeah, which is going to be interesting. Can't, I wait, for, can't wait to hear how much she plays basketball and how that helps her be like Scott Pendlebury and he plays basketball and how that helps him. Or how much Danielle Orr is uh, Sean Higgins' sister. Hey, no, you know, we'll get to this in our later predictions. I've got a good prediction. Okay. Um, but no, I think it'd be interesting to see how she goes in a new club in a new environment. And yeah. That's why she's the one to watch. It's, yeah. The ones I'm going to one to watch, I'm like, oh, they're going to break out. I'm like, no, no, no. This will be interesting to see how they go. How they cope in yeah. a different circumstance. That's, yeah. that's my thing. And also, she's good. She's great. Mm. Um, and very young still, yeah. too. She's like 20, 20. She's 20. 20 or 21, yeah. Fucking really hell. Young. She's like a tra- She won a... Best on in a grand final at 18. Yep. Can I tell you a very funny story? Please. Uh, so we're running a clinic, a school holiday clinic. With, so you work? I work at the, the G, uh, MCG. And we were running a, a like school holiday clinic with players. Um, she was involved and um, it might have been Jack Crisp or Tom Phillips. They're both great. Both for Collingwood. Both, both played great. in that losing grand final. Yep. Great guys. Lovely blokes. Um, and so she was on the same thing with them and she's, she's standing there and, and one of the dads uh, like directed a question at um, I can't I, I think it was Jack Crisp yeah hey you know what it feel like like losing a grand final you know that kind of th- like just like so they were both talking about like playing in big games and whatever and like obviously because you're a dad women's footy doesn't exist to this bloke so yeah. he just directed all of his attention at Jack Crisp and was like oh what's for the playing losing grand final and Jack's like oh yeah it's pretty tough and, like, then we all sort of shuffled out the room. As we're shuffling out the room, one's just gone under our breath. I mean, I want a medal in one, but that's fine. <laughs> what a legend! I was like, that's fucking good. And then with the next group, someone asked a similar question to, to Jack again. And he actually stopped. He's like, just so you're all aware, you know she won best on in her grand final, right? <laughs> that she won. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh! <laughs> because she didn't really, like, when she, no, like, she didn't talk herself up. That was... I think purely for me and the other staff member at the back of the group, yeah. the, the rooms benefit that little thing. But I just, it's very funny. Yeah. Also, not all dads are like that. My dad fucking keeps sending me. So my brother's a runner and the Geelong Cats trainer deacon. Yes, keeps, your dad did tweet a picture the other day. Yeah, he's yep. been just sending those to me in messages as what well. What a legend. Uh, he's like, oh, I saw the team training today. Both teams are training at deacon. He hasn't sent me a photo of the men's team. He's only been sending me photos. He saw Rochelle Cranston at the supermarket. He's like, oh, good things I saw at the supermarket. I'm like, oh, Terrence dad. is the best. Yeah, he's going to love it. He follows me on Twitter. Follows me on Twitter. I mean, I'm not his child, but... doesn't. I oh, know he does follow my brother on Twitter. means I'm better than you. Eh, does it? It means that he's gone out of his way. He's not obligated to follow me. He's not obligated to follow me. <laughs> Makes his own choices, that man. My player to watch yeah. is Maddie Brown-Catasano, who didn't manage to get a debut for Melbourne last year, um, has moved across. I think in a really young team, she'll become a really consistent player for them. She's been in the system for a year already, knows the expectation, 
and can go into this kind of head first and be a consistent midfielder for them for the duration of the season, not yep. just an in-and-out player. Um, expected finish and vibe? Uh, so they're the B Conference. Conference A. Uh, <laughs> when I say the B Conference, I mean the less even conference. Okay. But they're A and B, so it's confusing. <laughs> I know what conference I mean. I know that I mean the one with Adelaide and Geelong in it. But because Geelong were conference B last year, I've just decided that's what they are again this year. It's not true, though. We were B last year. We were the top of B. B was the shittier conference. Yeah, we were, t- we were conference A. Yeah, no. It's still s- better than most of B. Yeah, I'm, that's the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. G- anyway, <laughs> no. Um, anyway, I think they'll do... They'll probably just miss, but they're one of those teams that could... Mm. Could make it. I've got them three to four. Yeah, they could. They could do what we did last year and kind of sneak in because they've got a decent system and some decent players. Yeah, and an easier draw. But so my fun fact about Richmond is that they recruited Katie Brennan and Sabrina Frederick. Guess who the leading goal kicker on Richmond's list is heading into the season? Um, it's neither of them. Because that'd be too obvious. Is it Conti? No. It's Christina Bernardi. Holy shit, I forgot they got her. She's got. She's kicked 18 goals and the other two have kicked 15. Wow. Yeah. So the attention is going to be on the others when she's just as dangerous. So I think that is where they excel. I worry about their defence. I think they've recruited the stars for the marketing and for the big names and all that sort of stuff. And a lot of that is either midfield or forward half. Their defence looks shaky to me. Yeah. Um, Their defence in the VFLW was pretty shaky as well, and they've got a lot of those players out of there. So I think that is going to be where they struggle a little bit. They're reverse Geelong. Yes. firepower, but if the ball comes out the back, they're fucked. Yeah, and I think a team like a Frio or a team like that with a lot of outside run, North Melbourne, could be a team to exploit them because once it does get out the back, they're they're going to struggle. But even a team that's methodical could outgun them because all you got to yeah. do is just get the ball in your forward half. Or a team that just has a strong marking forward. Yeah. Don't rely on the ball to hit the ground. You, if you can outmark them all day then you're going to beat them. Yep. So I think that's where they have an issue. It'd be interesting to see how Sabrina and Brennan go, I think, with a bit of the, the pressure on both of them to be really good. But actually, I think the pressure's on Brennan. I don't think there's pressure on no. Sabrina. Cause yeah, I agree. she's two grand finals, gave her heart and soul for that club and just was like, I need a new... She also moved states. It, was, it wasn't about leaving Brisbane. No. It was about living in new Victoria. Victoria. Whereas Brennan, I, I have no issue with her moving. Like, uh, no. I'm not saying that. It's there the were thing, some the people that about, did, but... The thing about the, the AFLW is that because it's still new and the money's not great, if you were like, hey, do you want to get paid a fuckload more Yeah. to do the same thing? Because she can get so many more endorsements and things like that being Correct. at Richmond. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, I think, yeah, the, my big issue for Richmond is who's going to step up in defence. Yeah, I, my vibe is that they'll be, you know. But also, man, I don't know. Maybe don't be surprised if they completely fall apart. I would not be surprised with that. Fuck, it'd be good, though. Uh, shall we move on to St Kilda? Yes. Who is your player to watch? I mean, I had to pick this one from my good friend Sean Carney, and that's Kate McCarthy. Yes, fair. Again, interesting to see how she's going on the system. 
the real, the big question is, so on our show, we talk about Kate McCarthy being a person who loves footy. She yep. keeps goals, but she also, she's always got a big smile on her face. She loves her dog as well. Loves her got dog. her face fucked up last year, came back on. Oh, just loves, always has a grin on her face, big time loving footy. Is she going to love footy in St Kilda? Who knows? Moorabbin. She's going to be as happy down in Moorabbin. No one's happy in Moorabbin. So, it's so far away. So it's far as, away. It's as far as Casey Fields. Casey Fields is the armpit of the and world. And Melbourne plays at both of them. It's so annoying. I mean... <laughs> I have to drive so far. Man, if I still lived in my old house, it's not far for me. But it's shit. Why would you want to live there? Anyway. Hey, that's why I don't live there anymore. This is not a North v South debate. No, it's not. This is a... Kate McCarthy. Kate McCarthy How is she going to go? There's going to be a little bit more pressure on her at... At St Kilda because she is an established player. Yeah, will she be able to get um, as much of a free run at the ball as she? Not free run. She is a hard working player. Yeah, but she isn't the only sort of focal point. And again, a lot of my players are players that have moved or have no. Well, it's an interesting see, point. Watch them, see how they go in this new club. What I like for her though is the fact that Exxon is there too. Yes, and I like that they can still have their one-two kind of that one-two connection. Exxon gets the ball, gets it to McCarthy, she takes off. Yeah. They know how to work with each she other. She loves running. I tell you she what. does love she running. Lo- I've seen her kick lots of goals on the run. In yeah. fact, most of her goals are on the run. And she's got a heart problem and a pacemaker. It's incredible. <sighs> Mine is a cheat one. I've chosen Georgia Patricios because outside of Lucy McAvoy, I think she could have... Are you saying it's a cheat one because she's new? She's I think a it's high a draft pick? High draft pick. It's not a cheat one. I feel bad for picking it, but I really want to talk this about it. This is your system. You make the rules, Gemma. You've made a rule to make yourself feel bad. <laughs> the fuck? Uh, sorry. Side note, I saw uh, one of the mainstream media outlets do a player breakout player of each club um, coming into – of the men's, of course. Yep. They don't talk about women. Coming into season 2020. Yes. And they chose Matt Rowell for – the Suns. Number well, one draft pick is going to be their breakout player. Yeah, no, well... Doesn't count. Who else is going to be their fucking breakout they player, chose, Gemma? You've I could no tell one. you five. I, they chose Dylan Stevenson, f- Dylan Stevens for Sydney. It should be James Robot. Anyway. Stupid mainstream Geelong's media. Was, um, I think Geelong's was uh, Kruger, Nathan Kruger, who we picked up last year. He's probably going to get a few more games this year. That's a fair one. Because he's a big guy. But they're all going to be like... Anyway, I'm... That's off my top. Anyway, Georgia Patrikios is yeah, my choice. Yeah. She's a fucking gun. She's so good with ball in her hand. Her footy nous is really impressive. And her ability to get from contest to contest and impact, kind of like Lily Mithen does, where it's she doesn't give up. Oh, Rebecca Beeson is probably another good example. Hunts the ball and then hunts the next contest after another. Her repeat efforts are incredible, but she's really agile and she's really quick and she uses the ball really well. She's going to be an absolute jet for them. She's the kind of player they can build a midfield around for a long time. And she will also learn a lot from people like Nat Exxon. Peter Searle. I mean, look, my original player to watch was Peter Searle. (laughs) That's fair. The coach. With Patrick Hill. Yeah, that's. I was like, yeah, no, fuck, that's the player to watch. Even though he's not a player and I thought maybe I'd be breaking the rules, but... I would know, have accepted bring it. Bring it on. Um, expected finish and vibe? Um, I think they'll do... I think they'll actually... Okay, so I think they'll do better than Richmond. I think they'll surprise people. Because I think the general vibe will be like, oh, but Richmond have got that. But I think they're a bit more even across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Similar to the, the Geelong North Melbourne thing, although that kind of backfired because North are really good. But they didn't I, make finals. They didn't make finals though. Geelong did. Hey, how many finals did North Melbourne played? Bow How many have Geelong played? One. Yeah. <laughs> one really bad one. Hey, hey, we we were there. <laughs> were we? Was, well, who can say? It was painful. Um, I think. Yeah, I think they they could. They're, they're one of the teams that I think is in that contention for that um, third spot in their conference because they're B, aren't they? Yeah. A tight conference. It's a it's a tough conference, but I think they're on a like. But I look at it though, and it's like a tough conference. But outside of Melbourne and Carlton, really, everyone else is kind of a wild card, mm. including St Kilda, and they seem to be a bit more like. If you had to be like like if you were if you were trading in a stock, Collingwood is a risky bet, but it'll pay off. St Kilda, there's probably solid money in there. It's not a bigger risk. I think they'll be three to five. I have them five to seven purely because it's a tighter conference. Similar to, who did I say earlier, where I said Fremantle. If they were in conference A, I would say they'd it's be in that, that third, third spot. spot. But I think because this conference is tighter, it's going to be a little bit harder for them. I think they're going to surprise me. If, they, oh, if, they, if they pitch fully, a couple early, they'll get a bit of wind up them. I fully think they will be the most impressive expansion side. Um when you think of the fact that they have Peter Sell and Patrick Hill, so for people who don't know, Patrick Hill won a premiership with Hawks VFLW and yep. has now moved, and he's very respected by players in the industry, all of that. Peter Searle was the first ever female coach on a men, an AFLM team. Correct. So she was at the Saints, and now she's, I believe she's got a full-time role, head coach of the Saints women's, and then uh, is an assistant at Similar, men's. Same role she had for the, yeah. Which is amazing, and when we need more of that. Um, and then I think when you add on players like Emma Mackey, who isn't a star, but she's smart, she works really hard, and she's They've a good They've gone the role player break. route. She ha- they have. You look at, again... Slightly getting distracted, but I've, you've just got to use the comparative example of Richmond, right? So you've got they've got they've got top end talent. Yeah. Look at that grand final though. That Norm Smith was a raffle because players played their role. They've won two grand finals on the back of. Are you talking about the men playing a role? I'm talking yep. about the men. Sorry, yep. sorry. Um, two grand finals on the back of a. I, I thought that in my head, but I didn't say it to you. Uh, on the back of players playing a role. St Kilda have a lot of. They've picked a team that isn't super flashy. Yep. But of players who can play their role and play it really well. Yep. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Get them in there. They're going to finish. They're going to play finals. Um, I think another player that I mentioned earlier, Alison Drennan, she was incredible for North last year. And I think she is such a cool head going into this uh, St Kilda side. And then you add the young talent like Patrikios on top of that. It's going to be a hard team to beat, but I think they may be just a little bit inconsistent early, which hurts them in terms of the tighter conference and the short season. Yeah. That's the only question I've got over it, but I think they have built a team for the long term and not for immediate success, yeah. but they're going to see the fruits of that early. Yeah. Yeah. Shall we take a very quick break? All right, it's time to talk about expansion side, the West Coast Eagles. Now, tell me, who is your player to watch in this West Coast uh, side? Again, Kelly Gibson. Ke- because I fucking love Kelly Gibson. How's she going to go? Hint. Very well. Uninjured. She'll excel. Yeah. She'll be just as good as she was at Freo, if not And Adelaide. Better. Oh, fuck. I forgot she was at Adelaide. She was a marquee player for Adelaide. Man. Both of their marquee players were from WA. 
That's insane. Yeah. You know, the only team that has retained both of their marquee players from the start is Freo. No other club has still got both their marquee players. Holy shit. I mean, we do. I mean, I mean, of the first. Of the first things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what well, ours are Cranston and Hickey. And they're both from. Our players. They're both your players, but they're both from Geelong. Um, Hickey was one of ours, so that's why we don't have two. Yeah. Um, Pierce was the other. Yeah. Brisbane have none. Harrowwood don't have any. They lost King and Hope. Yep. Yeah, um, Freo are the only team. Bulldogs don't have theirs? No. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Kelly Gibson. <laughs> uh, boom recruit for the Adelaide Crows before uh, playing for Freo and being really good. Yeah. Um, no, I think she, she's, a, she's a player to watch again just to see what she does in that environment, but I think she'll fucking thrive. She will be... Yeah. She's the reason why West Coast will be a goodish expansion. Oh, shit, sorry. It's kicking me. Hey. Um, a goodish expansion side. Yeah, her ability up forward to just read the play really well and take advantage of it is really beneficial, I think, especially when it is an expansion side. You yeah. need players like that that can do that. Take advantage of a moment. She's yeah, her her ability the just just modern football in mm. whatever league momentum has become so crucial and I've never seen a player capitalize on momentum the way Kelly Gibson capitalizes on momentum. Yeah, totally. So, I think She'll be. She'll also. I think she'll thrive on the kind of crosstown rivalry aspect of the fact she defected and yeah. oh, that kind of thing. And <laughs> I tell you what, I am so excited. Oh, I'll get to this later. Anyway, For the derby. Ah, oh, just everything. It's going to be so good. Um, but yeah, um, she's my one to watch. Fuck yeah! Um, I've chosen Chantella Pereira. Um, she's a basketballer. Did you know? Uh, Can't wait to hear about that every time she Every plays. time she plays. Every time she touches the ball. Oh. Um, she was plucked out of that strong Hawthorne VFLW backline, so she got the best on Lisa Hardiman medal in yep. their win in 2018 in the VFLW uh, premiership. Um, I think she's going to become a leader in the backline for the Eagles in a, in a team that needs leaders on every line. Um, we've already mentioned Emma Swanson is their captain. They've got Dana Hooker. I was very surprised Dana Hooker wasn't their captain. Kelly Gibson can be that up forward for them, but I think Chantella Pereira is going to become their leader in defence. And that, that thing we were talking about before with um, um, Richmond not having one, but having that player that can slow the play down, yep. call the shots... Keep people from losing their heads a bit and be like, hey, hey, we've got this. Yeah. You know? She's 100%. Like, she's very mature in the way she plays. Yeah. Um, and I think... Uh, Come from a pretty good system. 100%. And I'm genuinely surprised she hadn't been picked up till now. But now I'm really glad that she's going to a side like West Coast, working under Michelle Cowan. Um, will she end up back at Hawthorne when they inevitably enter the competition? I think there are a few that will. I yeah. think Rebecca Beeson will end up back at Hawthorne yeah, as well. absolutely. They've got, so, they've got too good a system that they like. Yeah. Um, that's why Hawthorne supporters are all mad all the time. Um, expected finish and general vibe? Um, they're going to go that middle, let's call it three to five. Mm. They could sneak into that spot in third. I love that we're calling it finishing third, sneaking in, but it is because... I think there'll be very clear top two of every yes, conference and then the third will be... Uh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think they could get in there. It, it, again, it depends. I think they'll go better than some of the other. They're not they're not the strongest of the expansion clubs, but I think they'll do well because they've got a key kind of cog in every mm. line. And they've also got a fairly strong foundation in the West Coast team at the next level below. Yeah. They've done a Geelong. They have and done they, a Geelong. They've, they've built their team from a lower level and brought in a few 
guns. A couple of big names, but the rest are kind of fringe players at other clubs that yeah. deserve more chances. Role players. Yeah. Um, I think much like the Saints, the Eagles have put together a list that's quite impressive and will be underrated. Yeah. But I think it's going to be tough for them to make finals in what we both think is the more competitive conference. Yeah. Um, I think maybe some inconsistency, which will inevitably happen in your first season, um, will bring them undone in a short season. Yeah. Um, and I keep saying that a lot, but the short season actually impacts it hugely because you get on a roll as the season goes on yeah. and scoring gets higher as the season goes on, but you know, it's cut off so quickly that uh, it's very annoying. Um, I think they do have the benefit of avoiding both Adelaide and North Melbourne. Yep. But my question is, who is going to kick their goals? I know Kelly Gibson is the leading goal kicker on that list. She's kicked 12 in, a, in her She'll career. three defenders every game. But who else is there yep. to kick goals? Um, they've recruited really shrewdly in terms of ball winners and in terms of defenders and Kelly Gibson in the forward line. But who else? Who's going to be their marking target? Who's going to do that? It may be one of those things, though, where it's like one of those random players that just bobs up and he's like... Like me and Ray Clifford for like, you guys like, yeah, last like year. Yeah, like me and Ray Clifford for us. Like, who just comes through and they're like, hang on, wait. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Yeah, no, okay. And, you know, a good little proving ground for them. I'm just excited for that the Western rivalry to yeah. explode across both... Those games are going to be so well attended. It's going to be the best. Oh, and there's, there's even, like, an extra level of bite to the women's comp because Cowan's coaching... The Eagles after being dropped by the Dockers. Yeah, you've got a few players who've crossed, and there are eight. There'll be players from West Coast who will cross to Freya over the journey. Yeah, I guarantee it. They it's will be, be great. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> Punch ons. No. no. Yes. Just kicking people in the crotch like Sarah Darcy. Does. Hey, hey. Um, shall we move on to the final team? We shall. Um, the, the Western Bulldogs. Zestin- oh. I was going to make a real bad, dumb joke about the alphabet. That's why I talked over you. Yeah, good. Uh, play to watch for you? Uh, Huntington. Isabel Huntington. Yeah, cool. Um, ha- hasn't sort of had a full, full run at it. Like, a, a pre-season last year was interrupted because she was coming back from the knee. Yeah. She played a little bit towards the back end. Mm. She went high in the draft. Number one. She went number one in the draft for a reason. Mm. I cannot wait to see... That those reasons. It's the same thing of, of Morrison. We haven't been able to see the full potential. And that game that she did her knee in, she looked like she was about to just... Yeah, she kicked two goals and then did two goals. Kind of like looked, Chloe Shear yeah, in the grand final. Looked like she was about to rip the game apart. Like, she had kicked two goals, had taken like three or four big ripping marks. Yeah. And she's she's quite quick, too, for a player. Her, like, she's a tall player, too. Like, for a yeah. player of the size with the speed she has, I reckon she's really exciting and ready to step into a void that Katie Brennan has left. Mm. Uh, mine is Gemma Lagoya, um, another draftee. She went quite late in the draft, but I think she's another one who really excelled at VFLW level last year. She was part of that Collingwood side that won the premiership. Yep. Um, her her ability to get to contest from con- to contest and be involved in passages of play and not drop off from it is really important, I think. And she'll be re- kind of like the Jenna Bruton support to the Carney. So, like, yep. to Ellie Blackburn, she'll be her right-hand woman. Because otherwise know? Blackburn's just doing it alone, which is very good at. Ellie Blackburn is doing everything for them at the moment, and they need more spread. They do. Because um, they've, they've also now lost Conti. 
Jeez, they're oh fuck. You but, think Brisbane have been decimated? But then again, they've. But they they were able to cover it with draft picks from the stronger area of the draft. Yes. So they've in losing Katie Brennan, they've got two tall forwards back in. Yes. So Nell Morris Dalton, who went at number eight, yes. and uh, number one pick Gabby Newton, they're both tall forwards. So both of them are going to be able to eventually fill that void and it not have to just be Huntington, you know? Yeah, true. Um, but it'll take time. Yeah. Um, very few key position players can come in and have... Nick Rewalt would be about the only one that I can think of, and that is in both competitions across a lot of time. The only one I can think of that might be close was Chloe Malloy, but she came in as a forward and had to play defence. Yeah, correct. So had to just change her skill set completely. Yeah. She's a freak, though. She's a freak. <laughs> Fuck. Um, expected finish? Um, I think they're going to struggle. I think they're in a, they're in a, as we said, the more even conference. Mm. I think, yes, there are more expansion. A couple, is there a more expansion clubs in that conference? No, there's two no, in each. Two in each. The two stronger expansion clubs are in that conference, though. West Coast, West Coast and St. Kilda. Kilda. Yeah. And I think their list is on a par with them. They're, they've got the experience. They've got a f- Whitnoble's a bit of a fortress for them. And they've got a new coach. And new coach. Nathan Burke. <sighs> they might pinch that third spot, but I, I reckon four or five. I reckon they'll just miss finals. I've got them three to five. I think despite the loss of Conti and Brennan, um, I think the dogs are quite strong. I'm quite intimidated by their list. If they can get those young players up and running quickly... They're going to be pretty tough to beat, I think. Yeah. Because they've been... Just need to get some support for Blackburn. But that's the thing. I think they're forced this year to be have a more even spread and that challenge will make them better. Yeah. And even the, the defence worries me a bit and I keep kind of flipping team to team between the forward or defence that is the issue, but they've lost Ernst and Birch. Yeah. So they're def- they've replenished the forward line who's going back to defend. Yeah. Um, too good struggle to get a game late last year. Does she go back in as a defender and take that up? Bonnie Too Good is a great fucking name. <laughs> Just a ripping... There are some excellent names in the AFLW and there Bonnie are. Too Good is at the top echelon of those. I love a good name. It's up there with like the old... Um, oh, what was his name? Played for North Melbourne. Troy Makepeace. Oh, yeah, Makepeace, oh, yeah. And Henry Playfair and Bonnie Too Good. Um, her and Hannah Scott are a couple. Did you know that? I did not know that. There's a fun fact for you. I'm full of power of love. Yeah, another couple, but they're not a married couple. But power of love. Move them up. <laughs> oh, they have to take, if they do get married, I'm just making the call for you both now. You have to take Too Good as a surname. <laughs> I mean, she could just keep her own name. Oh, they could hyphenate. Scott Too Good. <laughs> Bonnie Scott Too Good. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's Scott Too Good. Oh, man. I love footy. <laughs> um, going back to Ellie Blackburn, though, I think the players they are going to kind of step up in terms of the engine room that are already on the list. I think Angelica Gogos, who's the second most... Yep. She tackles second most to... <laughs> I've said that really weirdly, but she's yeah. this, had, had the second most tackle, laid the second most tackles in the competition behind Ebony Marinoff. Yep. The difference being that she's 98 tackles behind Ebony Marinoff. 
Um, but but, but she's take, the take out a superhuman statistic. She averages about just over six a game. Pretty good. Um, and then Kirsty Lamb, who I think is quite underrated. I was just underrated. about to say, if I hadn't have picked... Huntington as my player to watch. It was Lamb because yep. she'll step up. I love Lamb. You know I love Kirsty Lamb. I also love the meat. But you know I love Kirsty Lamb the person. She is a, and I've said this on our podcast too. Yeah, she is a human cannonball. She is. Yeah, she just is like, oh, there's the ball. Oh, there's some opponents. Fuck them. <laughs> That's mine. You know she went at something like pick one hundred and thirty-one or something in the inaugural draft. Like she went really low, and she's been one of the most consistently yep. good players for them, um, most reliable other than Blackburn yep. for that side. So she was a fantastic pickup, and she's remained consistent. I'm a big fan, big fan, big fan. And I, for so long, I get her and Kirsten McLeod mixed up purely because of the first name. But um, they look completely different. They play completely differently. Yeah, McLeod's like a blonde Irish girl, isn't she? Nope. Nope. <laughs> McLeod is a small brunette forward, but um, they look nothing alike. Because has got like Kirstie short hair and, and Kristen. is like built like a train. Yeah, but Kirsty and Kristen kept getting me confused. Anyway, shall we move on to our? We've got we've got four things we're going to go through now for the whole competition and then we're going to... Oh, hang on. Four. No, we do have four. I was so, like, Tom, did you have four, <laughs> you big fucking idiot? So we're each, uh, we've each predicted a rising star, a competition yep. best and fairest. Yep. I'm not saying MVP because MVP is the player association one, yep. whereas the competition one is a best and fairest, kind of like the Brownlow. Um, premiers and then three predictions. So let's kick it off with the rising star. Who do you think is going to be the rising star? So I did check with you before. So... Nana Morrison is still eligible, right? Yes. Yeah, Nana Morrison. She would. She's going to win the uh, Rising Star Award that was robbed of her by not being able to play last season. She, she I mean, Maddie Presbarkis was very good. Maddie Presbarkis was very good. However, let's be honest, Nina Morrison locked that award up in round one. But then she got injured. Y- yes. Had she not got injured, she would have won. Maybe. She probably came like third and she only played one game. That's how good she fucking is. Anyway, she's going to win it this year. Um, I think it's going to be Lucy McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be the most even display of young talent coming in. Like it pre- previous seasons, yep. it's been there's one or two that are right up there and then everyone else is kind of evened out. I think the top-end talent, there's a lot more even top-end well, there's, talent. There's more players coming through now that have been playing in the system for three or four years. Exactly, and very rarely do we look at an interstate player as uh, in terms of rising star. I know Ebony Marinoff won it in season one, but since then there hasn't been a lot of talk about rising stars outside of Victoria. But you look at Roxy Rue, you look at Lily Postlethwaite. I was about to say, Postlethwaite and Roxy Rue are huge chances. Yeah, even Maggie Gorham, players like that could really come through. I do still think it's going to be Lucy McAvoy, but I think it's going to be much tighter this year than it was in the past. And Morrison, mate. Morrison. I mean, I wouldn't complain if Morrison won it. I fucking love her. I think she's great. She's, she, I think she's she just, might. She's earned one. I think she may not get up for enough games. I think she may not play round one, and that puts her behind the eight ball. That's right. She's. I just get. Hey, Rocky's got to get suspended one week. Maybe the week they play Carl, and she just takes out Lucy McAvoy. No, <laughs> just for one week. So cruel. Yeah. Um, I want to win. <laughs> Who do you think the competition best and fairest is going to be? So, this is a weird choice. It's definitely not going to be the same as me. Mm, maybe. Who's your one play for? No, go on. All right. So, <laughs> like, your obvious ones are, like, people like Bowers or Carney who will, you know, 
lift yeah. Bowers because there's not as many players to any votes from her because two of them left. Carney because she can see that... She gets a lot of the ball. Phillips is in there. She gets a lot of the ball. Fuck, Pierce is back. She could maybe do it. But, again, there's players taking votes off her. Player that's not going to have votes taken off them and who's going to play consistently well in a team that might do well but might not, Conti. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I just think she's really good. She's very consistent. The basketball thing might hurt her in the fact that she's not playing all the games. Yeah. But maybe she'll get some votes in the basketball games as well and they'll, like, transfer <laughs> them across. I've, uh, I've chosen Chloe Malloy. Yep. No, that, that, that's a... Yeah. <laughs> I think her coming back from that foot injury has made her more determined. But I think also the balance of the team is much better than it was when she played her first season, which means she'll be able to play more in a position that is her specialty rather than just filling a gap. I think in the process of that, she's pretty well. She came second and she won the rising star. Yeah. I think the only concern is that Brie Davies steals votes from her. But even then, I think Chloe Malloy is a really good chance to win this award this year. Yeah. Um, who do you think is going to be the Premier other than Geelong? Oh. So you legitimately think Geelong is going to win the fight? Yeah, fuck yeah. I have to believe. You believe Melbourne? You wrote Melbourne, didn't you? No. Nope. Oh. Wait, so you, do you want me to give it? Okay, I think it's Geelong. Do you want me to give a team that's not Geelong just as another one? Yep. Um, I mean, Adelaide's the logical choice, but it's boring, so fucking Carlton. I've chosen Carlton. Hey! <laughs> um, I was really strong, like legitimately and realistically strong on Melbourne until... Are you saying I'm not realistically strong on Geelong? No, no, I'm trying to ex- rationalise my choice. Okay. Um, I was very much all about Melbourne winning the flag this year um, for a very long time. I think they have the best list. I think they have the best balanced team. But I think that Lauren Pierce being out for half the season, yeah, it's just, it makes me that little bit nervous and I don't want to jinx it. And the, and the season's too short yeah. to be making mistakes. Yeah. So I've chosen Carlton. Um, I've, Probably because okay. of all the reasons of when we were talking about Carlton earlier. Yeah. But I should, I should read what I've written here. I want so desperately to say Melbourne, but Lauren Pierce's injury makes me too cautious. Carlton, however, look like a tough unit heading into the season. I think they could actually go one better. Gemma, I, you know, I can't hack this. Why? I just, that's a, be brave. Back your girls in. Oh, I've been believing talk- them. I've been talking about believing my- them on this show right now. You want to say Carl? You want to say Melbourne? But you're oh, you Don't hedge your bets. Footy's not about head. It's about love and tackles. Do you love Melbourne? Do you- yeah. As a team, for sure you do. Love and they love tackling. So love you got them. But just say Melbourne. Say it right now. I think Melbourne will make their first final series. No, no, no. Say Melbourne to, for premiers. I think Carlton look like a stronger and fitter oh, team pre-season. Footy's about bias. It's about... You're here for that. I'm here for rationality. Oh, it's infuriating. Except for my dislike for Richmond, apparently. Oh, now nah, I'm paper, though, so... <laughs> That's fucked. They have no defence. Um, no, look. Nah, come on, just say it. You want Melbourne to win. I do. Of course I want Melbourne to win. I've got Geelong and Carlton. If you can't say your own team, you're going to say Carlton, but you're saying your own team because it's going to be Melbourne. Right, so we've Believe, Gemma. If they win, you're not allowed to celebrate it then. You can't be happy for them. Some restrictions that I'm putting on your life. This is so weird. Yeah, right. 
Um, okay, so we've each done three predictions. We're yes. going to go back and forth yes. with these. Yes. So what is your first prediction? Uh, and I feel like we're going to have at least one overlap. You reckon? Yeah. Okay, so massive rivalry punch-ons. Not necessarily punch-ons. Punch-ons in a broad context. Uh, there's been a lot more player movement now. And as much as it is collaborative, there's going to be some, there's going to be some tackles. That just you can't tell me that every tackle that Bowers lays against the, that it, that every tackle she lays in the West Coast game, yeah, it'll be tough. The one she gets Dana Hooker with will hurt a little bit more, and the one that Dana Hooker gets her with will hurt a little bit more. But that's going to be the game as she breaks the record. Correct, that's what I mean. Yeah, and then Ebony Marinhoff will break it back a few weeks later <laughs> against Fremantle. Against Fremantle, <laughs> but like, so you're going to have that. Rocky Cranston's going to put someone from Freo uh, from Melbourne in the ground, or vice versa. But we Maybe. don't play you guys. Oh, wait, we don't. I don't think so, no. Boo. Oh, well, the, the other big rivalry, though, is the Q Clash. So the Brisbane Gold Coast stuff. That's going to be heated. That's going to be so good. I, I'm excited for some, some... Danger games. Some danger games. Danger games. Do Richmond play the Bulldogs? No. Uh, Gil! <laughs> I, but... Hold on, let me double check. I, I mean, I've got it right here. I've got it on my phone in front of me. I could probably check. That's very lazy of me. Oh, Gil, you you piece of shit. Oh, Gil. Oh, man. I can't believe it. No, they don't. I can't believe it. Gil, there's a marketing opportunity gone begging, my friend. Well, uh, when Melbourne didn't play Geelong last year, it was begging as well. Yeah, and but Melbourne Brennan leaving Geelong. the Bulldogs is bigger than Hickey and Cranston leaving Melbourne. Let's be... Clear. It feels bigger. I think Hickey leaving was a pretty big deal. Because, but but also there's like Conti as well. Gil. Anyway, that's my first one. My first one is that the conferences will once again be lopsided and cause frustration for fans and clubs. So I disagree. Really? Yep. Even though we've talked the whole time about how one conference is going to have one team slip through that probably doesn't deserve to be in finals. Yeah, but that'll be one of six, six as opposed to two of four. I think I think that the teams that top each conference will both be really good. The top two in both conferences will be great. Right? Hear me out. <laughs> the third one in one conference will be better than the third one in another conference. But that's pretty even, I feel. I think my issue comes into it when I think about my conspiracy theories that I make up in my head. I mean, you're nuts. Um, the ability this sounds insane the ability for the AFL to compromise a competition by choosing second to none yes by choosing which teams are in which conference and which teams they don't play is significant and I don't think any premiership while there's conferences will be they all have an asterisk on them until everyone plays everyone once so you're telling me if Melbourne won a flag this it's year... It's still going to have an asterisk because they, unless they play Adelaide in the finals or unless they play X in the fi- Geelong in the finals, it's not it's not a complete season, you know? Oh, look, uh, fair. I get it. I feel, I feel like they feel more even than they were last year, though. Mm, wait and see. After round one, tell me how you feel. Can't do it by round one. After round two, tell me how you feel. Three. Round three. Uh, nearly halfway through the season. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about it. What's your second prediction? Uh, I just have to get it up on my phone. Let's have a look. Ah, this is finals and conference fighting. (laughs) I'm disagreeing with myself. (laughs) 
massive upset in the finals at the hands of a team from a conference that shouldn't even be in the calculations. So the, the team that finishes third in, in, the, in the A conference beating the team that finishes second and first in the <laughs> other conference. Making it to a grand final when they have no right to be there. Which team is that going to be? Geelong! Oh, man. That's not going to happen. Nah, we'll, be, we'll finish on the top, so we'll deserve to be there. No. Um, but that, that, that's a big headline. We'll have, so that'll happen. That's a pretty good one. Um, mine, my second one is that St Kilda will have the best inaugural season of any expansion team. In terms of win, loss, and percentage. Okay, yeah, no, that's... Yep, I, I get that. Because they might finish lower than a Richmond or a Gold Coast in Conference A, but I think they'll have a better win-loss percentage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And what's your final one? This sounds mean, but it's more about broadcasters than the person. Okay. We will be reminded that Daisy Pierce had twins every single week. Yeah, probably. Every single touch. However, I won't mind because that's really fucking impressive that she is back playing footy. But we will hear it and every... Oh, and you know, she had those twins. <laughs> There's a... And Pierce gets the ball fresh from having twins. <laughs> fresh from having twins. We're going to hear the expression, fresh from having twins. You should get that into... Or you've just got it into something before the season starts. Done. So you're the... Hashtag fresh from having twins. That needs to be your new hashtag <laughs> for every Daisy Pierce tweet you do for the year. I don't do that many, but I will now. You need to. All How Good's Footy have to do it. All Play On Radio people have to do it. Done. Fresh from having twins. Fresh from having twins. Hashtag. <laughs> from having twins. Um, my third one is Daisy Pierce related as well. Ah, she'll be fresh from having twins? <laughs> she'll pick r- up right where she left off. Because she's so fresh from having twins. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see it. I, even though we've predicted a positional change for her. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to see any of that, any of her talent, any of her footy smarts, any of her endurance drop away. Because of that. So I think she's going to be just as crucial to the team now as she was in 2018. Now this is... I mean, she's just too good. Agreed. And she's too smart. And now she's also... Fresh from having twins, yeah, which para, I just para finished love, writing. Para tackles. <laughs> para love, para tackles. Um, that's everything. That's everything. Whoa. Thank you so much for coming to have a chat. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for tolerating me. You're not tolerated. You are appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Tell my family. No, I'm kidding. My family do think appreciate me too. How it's footy guys, however, not so much. No, they do. They love me. Uh They're my friends. (laughs) Uh Hey. Yeah, Dusha stalks you now. He does. I live near both of them. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cook them a terrible. And me. (laughs) Yeah, true. I live near a lot of people now. Sean literally lives two streets away from me. Yeah. I've moved house, everyone. (laughs) If no one knows. No one knows. Joe does live near me. Zach Merritt. So I'm going for like walking back after having a run and I'm like, you must live close by because you're like walking back after having a run and you wouldn't be this far. So he lives near me. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, don't stalk him. I didn't. Don't tell Dusha. I didn't. mm, I'd be careful about that. I can't remember if I did. Because he'll keep a lookout now. He will. He will. Um, He lives there as well. You know, it's a pleasure to be here. It was just good to talk footy again. I know. For like an extended period of time, not an offhand comment. And then the problem is though... I'm ready now. And now you've got to switch off for another three weeks. I mean, I'll find other stuff to do. <laughs> no, you're a robot and you power down. I do. I'm only, I turn on for footy and I turn off again as soon as, as soon as the last day of the draft is over. I'm done. I wake back up again when they announce the jumper numbers. 
That's my quest this year. I'm going to get my crossover jumper. It was ruined by Tim Kelly leaving and then Josh Jenkins taking the 11. Um, Yeah, Geelong still haven't announced theirs. Even Uh, the dogs. No, we have. Carlton haven't. I'm pretty sure we have. No, I I think you just announced Millie Browns. Ah, because I've been looking for... um, I've decided if I can get crossover, the crossover I want... I mean, there's a lot of good options, but like... I I think 44 is the option because it's... Tom, Tom Stewart. Stewart and it's Beck Goring. Yeah, it's pretty good. I think that's the best option. But also, I want a fringe player jumper. My other jumper was 29 for Cam Guthrie, but not for Gary Ablett. I got it after Cam Guthrie took the number over in like his second year. Who's 29 for the women? I don't think we have one. The mm. the the option that I could go with is Jack Stephen is nine, as is Nina Morrison, but Stephen hasn't really proven himself. Uh, long Jack Stephen, no. I want to know who's... I can't remember who's eight. I think that might be... Vander Hoover might be eight. Purcell. Purcell's eight. There you go. That's not a bad sure choice. That's Purcell. not a bad choice, Purcell, because that's College Asney. That's a pretty good one. Or if we get a 42 out of our draftees, because that's Mark O'Connor. Yeah, that's pretty good. And no, I still think 44. Yeah, but maybe I get... Goring and Stewart, great defenders. <sighs> Big damn heroes. And Stewart is The a coach, coach for the... Yeah. I love Tom Stewart. He's great. Seems like a great guy. Also, Beck's great. Great musician. Yeah. Two great 44s. And I could even retroactively be like, this is also for you, Boris Enright. There you go. You've got to get all three names on it and then the number. And technically, that's two footy teams worth of people. Yes, the women's team only has 21 in it on the field, but technically, 22 and 22, 44. Oh, both yeah. Teams. I was trying to work out where you were going there. Whoa. See, I can't do it. I desperately want a number 21 on my Melbourne Guernsey, but I can't get it done like other clubs do. So it's just currently unnumbered. Why not? Because they don't have women's jumpers on the Melbourne number thing. So, like, you know when you go on the website and you order the jumper with the number and the name? No. Well, that's a thing that I do with the Swans. That's why I have a Kurt Tippett one. I never have numbers and names. I get a jumper and I think about the number for a bit. And then you, like, iron it on. Yeah. Oh, Tom. I get a stream printed on by the people at my work. Oh, so maybe I can do that for my Melbourne yeah, jumper. Yeah, just take your Melbourne jumper in and they'll just uh, steam the numbers on. I need a 21 for Harriet Cordner. Who's 21 for the men's team? I don't go for the men's team. Who's, it's, oh, because no, yeah, true, not fair. It used to be Cam Pedersen. He's great. Shut up. Stop making that face. He's so great. He's still on that list. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, we should... Uh, I, I don't should go for the men's team. It's a women's Guernsey. Yeah, fair. I, it's true. I have a men's Guernsey. Oh, see, oh, do I get another jumper then? For a di- so I have time. I have too many jumpers. Well, I do too, and I've been banned by my Swan supporting friends from getting names and numbers on my Swans currencies because every time I get one, that player either leaves or retires, and I'm devastated, and so is everyone else. So I have my two. Just, right- get, just get the number. No. Just get the number. I'm just not. I'm just going to keep wearing the two that I have. Just get thirty-seven forever. Sorry, I have number eight. And even though it says Tippett on it, also James Rowbottom, which is great. Don't get the name. Just get the number. And you and can then, transfer it across. No, I still love Tippett. I had, I had the number 30, and then the year that Matthew Scarlett retired, the zero fell off. <laughs> so I just kept it as three because Jimmy Bartell. On the side. Yep. Yeah. And then I have a 28 for Nick Newman, who left <laughs> as well. 
I miss Nick Newman. Anyway, uh, women's footy. Fuck yes. AFLW season starts on the 7th of February. Everyone get down to Icon Park. It's free entry, but it will definitely lock oh. out. So get there early. As it always does. Um, also, just try to get to as many games as you can. I know the broadcast makes it a bit difficult to see every game, but try to get to as many as you can. It makes a big difference. Um, Come down to Geelong. Come visit my dad. It's so beautiful down there. I mean, I went there for the first, for the second time. It's technically, a good arena for it. Um, round one last year. I'm going to try and get down there for another game as well. Vic Park is another great place to go and watch footy. Vic Park. I, I went there for a Bucks weekend. <laughs> it's the workest um, bachelor party ever. Woo! I think go to Melbourne games, but Casey Field sucks. So work that out for yourself. Um, but yeah. Anyway, FLW is great. Uh, conferences yeah. suck. Go Melbourne. Go Geelong. This has been the play on preview of AFLW season 2020. That has been Tom Reed. I've been yeah. Gemma Bastiani. Keep listening to play on radio. How Good Footy is on 4 p.m. every Wednesday. And I'm on other stuff as well. So catch you around. Bye.